This week in league, the West Tigers will be living next door to Allen. You should leave the singing up to me. Liam Fulton gives his thumbs up to brain damage. Look out, Bunnies fans. The NRL is going to start testing for prescription drug use. And we'll preview all of the action for round three of the 2014 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 146 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I am Glenn. What the hell is anal? <laughs> it's three letters, Glenn. Just three like letters. A... Just fucking spit it out. It's not that hard. National Butt Fucking League. I'll take it. Probably exists. If you can imagine it, it exists. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, feedback. Uh, firstly, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people, it was Shark Week up in here with people just fucking crying over, over where's, where's, where's the episode? This is after like well over a thousand people had already downloaded it by this point when they start when the bitching started. I'm like, well, fucking what's going on here? Because I've got it. Clearly a ton of other people have got it. What's going on? So basically the situation is people who weren't subscribers, this is this is the thing, see? We tell you to subscribe, you don't subscribe, you fucking get what you get. But if you subscribe to a podcast, the way iTunes works, if you if you subscribe to a podcast, you get you're you're sort of accessing the direct feed that comes from us and your your iTunes is gonna, you know, grab anything new and see it the second it goes up online. If you're not a subscriber and you're just going through the listing that comes up when you go to This Week in League on iTunes, that can take time. And sometimes iTunes just drops the ball and it can take like fucking four days to do that. I mean, usually it sort of takes, you know, not even a day. But, Key is, do yeah. as you're fucking told and subscribe. Yeah, and uh, and then people people subscribe and, and it fix their problems. And if if you're like, you know, on Android, I don't know what to tell you. Get a better phone. Get a better, <laughs> get a better life. Exactly, exactly. Just stop cheaping out on stuff. Yeah. Like Cronulla. What else are you doing? What else are you doing? You've got an Android. You cheap out on stuff and, you know, you, you wind up like Cronulla and, you know, with basically fucking nothing in the cupboard. Stop shopping at fucking Aldi. Get rid of your Android phone. <laughs> fucking hippies. What's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. But there's, there's bound to be some, some Android apps that actually directly, you know, attach straight to our feed, which you can get off the website. And uh, I'd imagine they'd work. And Stitcher, Stitcher was working too. And so, you know, if Stitcher was working, then definitely the episode was up properly. It was just an iTunes, you know, being a bit of a cunt. Um, Twitter. We had a tweet from Sky underscore W82. Yeah, we know pretty well. Sex and, um, Sent us a tweet. Fucking this week in league. Can't get on your website at work because it's categorized as sex. Picture attached. <laughs> Queensland government. <laughs> Content blocked by the Department of T, where he works, figure it out. And uh, yeah, this WebSense category is filtered, colon, sex. URL, thisweekinleague.com. <laughs> this web, we've only got half the screenshots, only half of the screenshots. This website has been identified as inappropriate and blah, 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 blah. Something about use of ICT facilities and devices standard, blah, blah, blah. A security threat to the department. <laughs> And then it's, then it's got down the bottom. If you have a business requirement to access this website, blah, 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 you've got to document your business case and send it to this place and blah, blah, blah. I just, I question um, if you are, you know, much like Sky is, if you are, you know, they're supposed to be putting in an honest day's work mm-hmm. at the Queensland Department of Transvestites. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what the fuck are you doing trying to download a podcast? Like, 
Who's paying your wages, motherfucker? Yeah, I, I guess we are. You're a fucking public servant. Get to work, bitch. <laughs> My days is better than your salary, bitch. Um, uh, we got one from uh, Unky D, at Unky D, Dennis Valente. Two episodes into the season and no mushroom references. Those self-esteem tapes, tapes are working for you, Glenn. Oh, I don't, I don't know. There's been many opportunities. I, I was sure that it was last week, but I guess you know, I guess I was wrong. I was just wishful thinking, or you know, I was no, you know, just oh, fantasising while you're talking. I embrace the fact <laughs> that I have you know one of the smallest penises on record. I embrace <laughs> it. You go one, one of the Mitches. This one, my uh, wife would embrace it too, but it's too small. <laughs> Yeah. It's more of a pinch than a... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she embraces it as best she can. She's mm. grasping at something. She doesn't really know. That it's, it's hard to get the accuracy. Without an electron microscope, I mean, yeah. you know, the accuracy's not there. Um, at Mitch Doyle 08, one of the new Mitches that have <laughs> come along to the show. Mitch is everywhere. Mitch a palooza. Yeah, Mitches are like stitches. You pull them out and then they open up. Mm. But um, it's like Mitch herpes; they're everywhere. Oh, they're, they lay dormant and then all of a sudden they flare up. By far, the most common name on Twitter is Mitch. And anyway, Mitch, I believe that Mitch, or he's Mitch number four. What's his name? Mitch Mitch, Mitch Doyle. Oh. He's not. I think he's Mitch four. We went through this last night actually on Twitter to try and number Someone these. Someone changed their name to Mitch one. Or something. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, because he wanted to be Mitch one, but he's actually Mitch two. This is what I'm talking about. It's, it's jerks. Yeah. Someone said they're like that. They're they're like Gronkamons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's, and, but he said that he was going to. You know, uh, he tweeted originally that he was you know what going to listen to the show for the first time, and then he's listened to it. This podcast is fucking fantastic at TWI League. The uh, Chapo, the creator, is harsh but fair. Completely fucking spot on. Well, <laughs> so obviously is, he's new to he us, but he's cockhead. he's new to us, but he's clearly fucking knows all about Chapo. Uh, Chapo is Twitter herpes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at NS Bear China, got my membership. Expect a rush of requests from the Chinese once they see the gear. <laughs> rush of ripoffs. You better buy them in fucking the markets. They'll <laughs> <laughs> be for sale in Bali shortly. Yeah. Uh, we got Mister B seventy five. So that's uh, Mister B and then five E's seventy five. That's me in last spot that tipped every game wrong. But you think that's bad? I had Gidley as my super coach captain. No Eesh. razzle or dazzle. <laughs> What on earth universe would you fucking put Gidley in your super, in your super coach side, let alone captain the fucking idiot? <laughs> uh, at, Someone that has less of an idea about super coach than uh, I do. Uh, yeah, I guess, is, I guess so. Terrible news. Give at, up on life. At Shagar113, a lot of hash man love, there's a hashtag for that, from you towards me in uh, episode two. Really? I, I looked at that tweet and said, I then thought well, I was there. I mean, felt like it just been the usual cunt. Yeah, really. That's how that's how I remember it. <laughs> well, maybe we should listen to it. I, I think I think that tweet's completely off base, to be honest. Uh, Mickey T, nineteen eighty five. The fuck at TWI League comparing sour to Louis. What drugs are you on? To which I respond, what drugs are you on when I actually compared people who would defend Louis to people who would defend Soward? I didn't say anything about the fucking. And I actually think we went we were great pains to say that obviously, what Louis did. It's obviously not comparable to, to what Sow does, but the people who defend them are the same. And I stand by that. Well, because it's a perfectly valid point. Exactly. For someone that professes to be so intelligent, so fucking clever, <laughs> how can you not pick up on that? How can you listen to it? 
with your own Penrith nerdy. It's a sad. It's a sad indictment oh. of the uh, educational standards. Penrith nerds. The, the, you know these Penrith schools out there. Clearly, the educational standards slipped to the point where they can't really even uh, you know master simple you know comprehension. Yeah, he's he's no, he's struggling. This is um, a podcast. He actually had the opportunity to rewind, and listen again, and go, huh? What did he say then? Mm. Obviously, it's perm. It's his perm. It's grown into his ears. I'd say so. Soul glow. Fucking Penrith nerds. Fishpot 13. And he's uh, one of our guys over in England. We now have the footy show here in the birthplace of rugby league. Please take the fucking thing back. (laughs) Broadcasting decline. (laughs) Brilliant. It must be hard for someone to watch the footy show for the very, very, very first time, like now, this year. Because... uh, I think the way a lot of people think about the, about the footy show is they remember back in the day when, you know, it actually there was some footy footy on there. And it wasn't like the same thing for, you know, however many years just fucking bashed over your head, bashed over your head to the point where it's, you know, not original, funny or, or anything like that. But someone who's coming into it fresh, they're seeing the 2014 version. Yeah. Which is diabolically fucking terrible, by the way. I, um... As far as the footy show goes, I choose not to watch it because I've never really enjoyed it. Mm. It's never been something that is is my style. Um, but you know, people enjoy it, and it obviously still gets the ratings, etc. And that's what Channel Nine's all about—is ratings, uh, not what the people want. The people want the sh- footy show to be fucked off. Um, but there's obviously except enough, for the, except for the people that watch it, and, and people those people watching it. And that he's keeping it on the air. And those people, the top people, watch like Big Bang Theory and other fucking shit shows. Well, Two hang, and a half on, hang on, hang on a second. That's, that's a little bit harsh. I stand by. I think it's fair. Okay. <laughs> people who assign deeper meaning to how I met your mother, <laughs> like people who like who are plotting theories. What's going to happen? I'll get. I'll tell you what. What's going to happen? He met the mother. Then he's going to fucking meet the mother. And then, the, and then, and then the mother's met, and then they're going to kill the mother as a fucking twist at the end. And the father's telling the kids about their mother retrospectively because she's fucking dead. So that, how's that for a fucking downer? Spoiler alert. But that—that's not what actually happened. Is it? The okay. show's ended, right? It's no, no, it's—it's it's gone through the last season now. Oh Jesus, fucking crossed. It's been going for like fucking forty-eight years, I think. <sighs> Three generations of those fucking idiots could have found mothers. <laughs> <laughs> Simple clue though, if a show's got a laugh track, generally speaking, you're not supposed to assign greater meaning to it because guess what? The laugh track's telling you when it's funny. I mean, you're not sitting there fucking thinking for yourself. Anyway, Freak09. He said last week that, you know, he was... Uh, Going on the drive, you know, doing the, the commute into the city or whatever with the father-in-law. Yeah. He's going to throw this week in league on for the first time. And he sort of said, oh, you know, there's no nothing about manly on there and, and no profanity. Anyway, so I followed up and said, look, you know, how did it all go? Then he's tweeted us and said to follow up. The father-in-law scoffed at the vulgarity, yelled out, get on with it to me about manly. <laughs> but then said he looked forward to the next step. Another satisfied customer. Absolutely. I had the... Uh Pleasure, asterisk, of uh, of meeting Stevie uh, last week. Helped me out, did a little bit of a dodgy deal, and I took full advantage. Um, and I thought I was, you know, doing well by saving a little bit of cash on my purchase. But I probably should have went somewhere else and paid full price, which would have spared me the the horror of seeing his fucking head. He's a very unattractive man. Instantly, like, you went there on my unattractive. On so many levels, like it's it's not you know, it's hard to pinpoint. 
just where the genetics went wrong because they've gone wrong on so many levels. No accident you went there on March 14th, also known as Steak and BJ Day. Well, <laughs> it was all out of steak, let's just say. <laughs> uh, blue underscore beaver. I just paid for this week in league membership mainly to see Nate at the Brisbane meetup. I miss him so damn much. I miss his laugh. I miss his scent. <laughs> actually, That's possibly the creepiest Bennett, yeah. tweet we've ever had. Bennett was actually in the VIP. He was in the in the limo for the uh, the, the grand final trip, uh, and he's followed up. In which up. case, he's... your scent wouldn't have been. Oh Jesus, that's even more creepy. <laughs> He's followed up the, the tweet and said, "It's hard to cough up dollars for membership when the abuse is free, but I want to see if Glenn's angry cunt game is as good in person." Uh, it's even better in person, <laughs> and still you haven't put your fucking hand in your pocket. No, no, he has. He Valente. Did. No, no, not Valente. No, this is Bennett, the Blue Beaver. Blue oh, Beaver. sorry. Yeah, this is a guy that shared a, a limo with yes, you, yes. Kurt, Nigel. Jonesy. <laughs> Jones. Fucking hell. Uh, DJ X Plane. He was in there. Jesus fucking, Christ. Who else was in there? Uh, fucking some, some loose fucking friend of Jones. He's a, you, know, loose like, you know, some people, you know, some people are into amputees. Some people are into, like, taking dumps on one another. You know, had to take a video of the of what happened in that limo. Someone would have watched it. Just a lot of... Someone would have jerked off to it, for a sure. Lot of, a, lot of, a lot of drinking bourbons and fucking, and, uh, and, and playing Get One nude. Direction. And then Nigel got nude. Somewhat. And everyone was like, well... Oh, Kurt was in there too. He's that much of a fucking Kurt. Star Wars fan. He's turned himself into Chewbacca. Kurt and my brother are in there as well. That's it. Okay. Oh. So, just trying to think of all the numbers. Um, okay. Uh, Exodus... It's like... What is it? It's a fucking creep convention. Exodus NZ. Which I think is a fantastic name because, I mean, fuck, that's what... That, that's, that's pretty much describes our social security system. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that just explains... That, that's actually <laughs> New Zealand's immigration policy. <laughs> Rather listen to Kiwi Bash than hear about the Springfield Panthers. Actually, I'd rather watch a Tigers game. Hash kill me now. Hash coaching fail. Fuck you. I'll talk about my kids. <laughs> and I told him so. And then uh, he was like, oh, no, it's great. I love the show. Who said that? Kid, that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, less bagging kids and um, I was gonna say, I thought trying like, to be less of a Kiwi. Oh, I thought it was like, yeah, you let Jackson listen to the show. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> this is this is not for kids. <laughs> yeah, son. Um, Parental discretion is advised. Look, I'm sorry if uh, me talking about the kids' footy uh, bores you, but this is my show, not yours. Exactly. <laughs> if you want to talk about fucking hobbits and fucking <laughs> lemon and pyro and fucking drinking and eating Fijoas and the rest Spending of that shit, whatever the fuck else you do over creeps. there in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing your fucking jandals. Stop bagging out Kiwis. We got in trouble for that the other week. Yeah. We feel the wrath of Annie. Keep trying keep trying to get out and keep like getting dragged back. over the head with a fucking feather, wouldn't it? Yeah, and then she sent a tweet in and actually said, uh, yeah, listening to This Week in League, actually cannot stop laughing at the bit when you're talking about me and my tweet. Well, I mean... Here we big, go again. Yeah. <laughs> she's a big fan of herself and obviously hearing two uh, stand-up Drop dead gorgeous gentlemen like ourselves talk about her on the number one rugby league podcast on the planet. Mm, you know, thousands of people listening to yeah, stop us it. giving her attention. We're doing it again. <sighs> stop doing it. True. Okay, stop. that's it. That's it. Oh, no now she's nude again. Stop, Annie. Put your clothes back on. <laughs> Beer boy one eight two. 
Yeah, uh, end of season awards in Xbox NRL Live. Chucking out the game after this. <laughs> hash LOL at Souths. Hash Dorgerson. Hash it. Yeah, and he's put it into the Manly game. Rep Player of the Year winner, Nathan Merritt. <laughs> Proven Summons medal winner, Shandor Earl. Dally M medal winner, Shandor Earl. <laughs> and then you look at the top, this is the Dally M medal playoff count. First, Shandor Earl, 21 points. Second, Brent Tate on 20. Third, Bo Ryan, 19. <laughs> Next, Sam Perrett, 19. William Zillman, 15. Michael Oldfield, 15. Ben Barber, 15. That's actually the first legit person who would actually push for Dalian. And I think we know for a fact that game was created by a Kiwi company. Explains uh, everything. Yeah, yeah, they definitely. Know fucking nothing. Yeah. About anything, but specifically rugby league. So you got rep, rep player of the year, Nathan Merritt, is just fucking brilliant. And then you got Shandor Earl. Who, and, oh, it's just it's so good. Some of those. But I'm the looking jokes at the, write themselves, Nathan. I'm just going through the names in here on this list quickly. Really Simmons, Sean Berrigan, Brad Ty, Winterstein, uh, Colin Best. He got he, he polled in the Daly M top ten. Uh, who else we got there? Who the fuck is that? Uh, <laughs> Justin Carney. And uh, Nathan Gardner. So there's no Cameron Smiths in the top 15 or so that you can see there. No Kieran Foran's, no Cherry Evans, no Crocs. No Billy Slater's. No Luke Brooks. Well, you know. James Tedesco. It's fairly, ask- no fairly, fairly accurate in, in that, oh, that on the other list is Yeah, on the other list is uh, reputable. Well, well their right. absence makes the list fairly accurate, yeah. Um, we went from uh, 40 Zip. Said, uh, bloody stoked to have the footy back and you blokes on air. The Leprosy app, top shelf. Love your work, fellas. Hash go manly. Legend. Oh, he was going so well until he put that <laughs> fucking hashtag on there. At the Ben Z. Steak and BJ Day. Blakely will go two for one and blow the brown meat. <laughs> and he's got... And this is his hashtag. got hash- me all wrong, mate. <laughs> this is his hashtag. You got me all wrong. Hash. <laughs> this is going to end badly. Can you read it out? I can't read it. Nah, I'm probably not going to do it. <sighs> Fuck my cunny with your Dill Williams. Jesus. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> What is going on in your little mind, Ben Zed? I haven't heard Keep it to yourself. I haven't heard that word since watching Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood. <laughs> okay. I've seen that movie. Fucking shocked me. At all underscore is underscore. Marcus. So we're influencing the Guardian newspaper. Specifically, you're influencing the Guardian newspaper. Hash twill domination. It's got a screenshot here of the Guardian.com. The title of the news article in this esteemed resource. Eight pronunciation errors that made the English language what it is today. That's fine, innocuous. Then the subtitle for this uh, for this article, which I don't actually have the article, I didn't read the article, but the subtitle is all you need. Think hyperbole rhymes with Super Bowl? Don't worry, it could be the start of something beautiful. <laughs> like an episode of this show. I agree. <laughs> 3,578 comments on that article. It's fucking crazy. Most people are like, what do you mean doesn't rhyme with Super Bowl? Yeah, well, finally for Twitter, Unky D, merchandise idea. Pink t-shirt with man of the match on the front, number 18 on the back. I actually think, scrub that part, but the rest fault t-shirt with some printed black lines on a pink shirt. It could actually be an idea. I don't mind that. That's an a- It's an angle I haven't considered before, but I think it might be a good one. It's, if we set up a stall across the fucking spit bridge, we'd sell a few. <laughs> yeah, fucking I hope you'd sell, sell 14,000. 
every fucking Sunday, uh, every second Sunday. Uh, we got a uh, from Facebook from uh, Vanita, who's on is on Twitter as well. But um, she said, Nathan, despite being Campbelltown born and raised, I was brought up to be a lady and therefore have not engaged in the use of the c word. However, since listening to you on Twill and your regular use of the c word, I finally got an appreciation that when you're talking about assholes of the world like bulldogs and storm, you just really need a word that's a bit more brutal and derogatory to describe them. Thank you for broadening my vocabulary horizons, best Vanita. <laughs> I just I find it interesting that one person can grow up um, to an you know I don't I'm pretty sure she's thirty um, so thirty years she looks thirty um, for thirty years this woman has you know thought in her own mind looked in the mirror got up looked in the mirror every day and thought I'm a lady <laughs> fucking check yourself and buy a new mirror. Jesus so they don't, they don't they don't breed them like that in Campbelltown, is that what you're saying? Sorry? They don't breed them like that in Campbelltown? I would say that 99% of the females in Campbelltown could be called ladies. Oh, Nita, okay. Just specifically. not one of those. Okay. Now, there was something happened over on the Facebook. Put the post up for the episode. And then we had... I've got to get the order right. But someone by the name of Abdul Selvi came in and just started typing, tigers in decline, tigers in decline, tigers in decline, over and over. Then he finished up, sure. up the Saints. And then someone's gone, uh, Matt Field's come in, shut the fuck up, Selby. Tap our revelation of the season. <laughs> and then Selby's come in, uh, settle down, you'd be, the, oh, actually, sorry, Dave Butler with the, the, the fucking, M, the, the MOM of this thread, he said, uh, some people, not mentioning any names, up arrow, up arrow, up arrow, should have been thrown out with the crunchy wrapper and rubber band that their parents should have been smart enough to use. Instead of a brother and sister procreate, so instead a brother and sister procreate, and this is what we get, Dragons fans, fuck me, hash, you actually signed Josh fucking Dugan, hash, Craig Garvey, another Dragons genius, hash, shove your decline up your ass, cunts. <laughs> and then, and then, yes. And then, um, then Abdul Selby's come back and said, "Settle down, settle down, Field." Oh, if so, sorry, the Matt Field one was there. The shut the fuck up one. He said, "Settle down, Field. You beat the Titans. Who the fuck are the Titans?" And uh, with Dave, he said, "Oh, did someone bit hurt your feelings, Dave? Please let me buy you a Tigers in Decline T-shirt. I'll even be nice enough to throw in a box of tissues for you." Hash Dave in Decline. Hash fucking wanker. And I just typed in, "I'm just like fight, fight, fight." <laughs> it was sensational, but I loved it. And uh, finally, on the feedback side of things. It's been a bit long, but it's been entertaining. I love it when people just fucking jam in a whole heap of stuff to us. It's fucking great. It makes the show so easy to do, too. Keep it up. Membership. Now, we had another big week for membership. We actually more than doubled our total membership sold in week two. And... Um, to the point where it's time for us to start making some hard decisions about where we cut off the uh, the pre-sign up and decide on how many total, you know, of everything. I mean, like, the stickers are done. The lanyards, they're on the way as well. And, and you know, the we're getting plenty of those. Don't worry about that. Um, what else we got? Stubby holders. We've got to decide how many of those we're going to go. Yeah. And we've got to decide how many shirts we're going to go. So... We're going to order more than we actually need, so there will be some leeway there. But midnight Sunday, so uh, for, so basically just before before you know I wake up on Monday, basically, that's when we're going to cut it off. So um, if you, uh, I just strongly urge people to get on board immediately, especially if your t-shirt size is going to fall outside of the like sort of M to XL range where most of the additional ones we buy, you know, that's where we sell. You specifically, know, the head hole. You know, we're gonna we're gonna sell like like usually we sell probably eighty percent of the shirts we sell probably fall in M to XL, and so it's, so it follows that the extra ones we get are probably gonna fall within that 
that that uh, parameter as well, and, and that's where most most but not all have come through for this as well. So. If you fall outside that, you know, I'd advise you to get on uh, super fast because... Uh, Unless your surname's Valente and you've got to buy a triple XS. Because yeah. you built like a POW. Yeah, he's Guantanamo Hogan though. So he's a POW essentially. <laughs> wow. But yeah. But so yeah, get on board uh, really, really quickly because uh, we'll be making the orders for the, the shirts and the, and the stubby holders. We'll be finalising the numbers and making them on Monday because, you know, it's you know fair to other people you know we don't want the other people to be waiting too long Chapo to uh, get stuff who's that Chapo Chapo um, oh, couldn't tell you can't wait till oh. he places his order and we've got his address I don't I don't want to bag him out too much because um, I, I, I'm not sure if he has or not he may have though ah well if he has I've got your address <laughs> so keep fucking sledging me News. First story, Tigers in decline. This time, fucking, it is not a drill. Uh, there's some serious fucking problems. Um, the Balmain Tigers in decline. The Balmain, the Balmain Tigers. So, uh, this article is some, there, there are some facts that have come out after after this article now, because what was happening is there was going to be a Supreme Court decision on whether the Balmain Leagues Club should be placed in the hands of receivers. Um They've, uh, they had ambitious renewal plans for the Roselle premises. Six years ago, it all started to go south, and uh, the developer wants to call in an $8.7 million debt, which is, uh, I think it's $8 million and then seven hundred grand in interest or something like that. Um, so the club needed upfront money from the developer in 2008 so it could pay out staff and continue operating from two interim sites. Part of the advance was also used to help Balmain Football Club uphold its financial commitment to the West Tigers franchise. The money's disappeared along with any genuine hope of the New South Wales government approving a high-rise construction on Victoria Road. The court heard that Balmain's Leagues Club is carrying $7 million in liabilities and has suffered a combined loss of $2.7 million over the past three financial years. In that time, the Leagues Club has been unable to assist the football club to meet its obligations to West Tigers. When the NRL team suffered an unexpected $2 million loss in 2012, Balmain could not cover its half of the shortfall and the black hole has only grown bigger since. Uh, the other joint venture partner, West Group, had the money but in exchange wanted boardroom control over West Tigers. Proud Balmain dire directors rejected that offer, more attracted to the NRL giving both stakeholders a loan to cover their outstanding debts to the joint venture. In return for the money, believed to be about $8 million, the NRL has claimed three seats on the new seven-man board. Balmain and West split the remaining four spots, although Balmain's representatives cannot vote until their share of the NRL loan is repaid. And, um, What's the fucking point of sitting there, then? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just a, like, so they feel like they're helping, I guess. We're helping. So, as of today, though, I think there is a injunction that is going to last until Friday, and so it's not getting. It was. It was all going to come to head this afternoon, but um, I think that's been put off, and it's going to. There's an injunction through Friday. The the Roselle, the developers, they've they've, they've come out and said, oh, we it was never our intention to shut down. You know the the fucking West. The, oh, sorry, the the Balmain Tigers. And they're like, so why'd you fucking launch legal action to recoup the money then? Yeah. You knew what the fucking end result was going to be, man. So, um... Yeah, well, maybe they didn't expect a media storm, but look, at the end of the day, if they're owed eight million bucks, what are they going to do? A lot of money. And there's no, then there's no hope to build the the premises and, and do the upgrade to the club, which is what they've been contracted to do. Well, it's just fucking business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. So well, they probably, you know, as far as eight million dollars, they care not for rugby league, I guess. Yep. Which is their right. Yep. It's eight million bucks of their money. Yeah. Yeah. There's the last chance for Balmain is raising four million dollars from its own members and fans. With club directors optimistic <laughs> that an extremely rich and extremely generous benefactor might answer answer the SOS. <coughs> Anthony Field. But should there be no response, the NRL will take control in two years' time. So uh Apparently the team is not going to be moved. Well, that's ever, that, never, ever. They about say them moving to Perth is fucking ludicrous. That's 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 Daily Telegraph um, fucking nonsense. Yeah, ridiculous. And Grant Mayer put it best. I mean, I went to the West Tigers members function on Saturday night, and, and obviously this story was starting to get a little bit of traction in the papers. And the fact that you were there. Sorry. The story about <laughs> Balmain. Oh, okay. You idiot. The story about you being at West Tigers function, yeah, that was a massive story. Well, yeah, I did have to fall my way through the paparazzi, but I got in there and uh, I tripped up the red carpet that they'd laid out for me. But a um, little bit embarrassing, but I got there in the end. Um, yeah, as Grant May said, you know, West Tigers sell newspapers, you know. We're a sexy club filled with sexy people. We've got sexy fans. With the exception of a couple of Mitches. Um <laughs> And Ben. But we're selling newspapers, and uh, that's what the Daily Telegraph is trying to do by uh, trying to stir up shit a bit and talking about the West Tigers because um, ultimately it, it builds their coffers and, and lines their pockets. Um, whether there's any truth to their stories doesn't seem to be of any real consequence to them or not. And um, basically, stories are a load of shit about moving to Perth. Um, <laughs> if the Balmain Tigers went completely under, would have zero impact on the West Tigers other than the fact that they do represent part of the club's heritage and, um, you know, no one wants to see it happen, but as far as people getting a little bit excited about the impact it's going to have on the NRL team, I think um, I think they need to check themselves. Look, I welcome I welcome the rise of the Magpie again. I think well, it's that's, that's also been refuted if, if you've done any research at all, which is clearly not the case. Um, oh, do I need research to troll? Of course not. Facts are fucking obstacles for trolling. <laughs> That's very true. Hypothetically I'm, speaking, I'm just gonna, you can dish out your trolling. I'm just going to deliver. When, when West, talk. when West want to take their, when, when they want to take the board seats that they rightfully, they rightfully own due to the financial injections that they can do, the the, the useless and 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 broke and, and quite frankly, laughable Balmain Tigers can't provide. Then, uh, and they go, okay, let's fucking get Trevor Cogger in as fucking head coach. Oh, return of the Maggies. Let's fucking rock this. Black and white. Maggie's back. What do you do? If you like having Chuck Norris coaching you. Exactly. And you'd be like 100% on board. And, oh, you, and you'd fucking... And like you would you'd probably shed a tear or ten. Get Mark the Magpie back. Uh, yeah, oh. see? Now, you, now you're feeling it. What the fuck is Quite spell? frankly, what, where is Mark the Magpie? What is he, what is he at the Tigers games? Talking about the back of the fucking sheds at Campbelltown. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, since I've become a little bit of a cyclist over the last few years, magpies aren't really, in reality, as far as football goes, still very close to my heart. In reality, magpies are cunts. Yeah, exactly. It's true they are. Um, I'm glad yeah, you said I, this. I, look, is Mark Magpie going to come out at the Campbelltown games this year? Tigers play there. Maybe that should be a condition of the of West continue to pour money in. You would think if um if if West did take over. And, and they've already stated that they've got no intention of changing the club name to the West Magpies. But right now. 
you would think that uh, they would have a greater representation and reflect the uh, the western suburbs, specifically the Campbelltown and MacArthur region. Uh, there would be a greater representation in the club and, and their merchandise and their general presence in the area. Um, I don't know if it'll bring... There's some fucking diehard anti-West Tigers magpie people um, that just constantly, constantly uh, squawk, pardon the pun, <laughs> about how poorly the West Tigers represent the MacArthur region. Yeah. I'm not there, I can't really comment, but when you go down there, there's a lot of people in Tigers gear. There's a West Tigers shop. Mm-hmm. In Campbelltown, not particularly well placed. It's in a little bit of an industrial area, just next to where the fucking skating rink used to be. Yeah. But um, yeah, to say that there's, there's not a great presence, but it's that junior area which they need to nurture. And um, if West have got the money to, to, you know, to to inject into the club and and have a greater say as to how the juniors are represented and and what the club can do uh, to develop those juniors further, then. Maybe that's a positive to come out of it. But as far as Balmain goes, Jesus, fuck, that's a big hole. That's a big financial hole. Mm-hmm. And why should they get half naming rights on the team if they can't even pay their way? Well, the fact is we've got 15 years of, of making a brand, um, a very marketable brand, or quite a successful brand. When you look at premierships and final series participants. What do you say, what do you say premiers- can't say premierships? Um, sorry? Premierships is a plural. <laughs> Settle down. Well, we won the twenties as well. Yeah, it's like, it's like it's like St. George, St. George, your dragons, West Tigers, same thing. It's fucking ton of orange and black, Tigers, Tigers, Tigers. Poor Maggies, fucking out they in the cold. With a, they play with a magpie. Their heart. They play with their heart on their sleeve, mate. There's a magpie. They play like the '99 magpies. That, that <laughs> there would be a Tigers in decline if they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> would the would the West Tigers of of two thousand and thirteen? Yeah, would they have beaten the ninety nine Magpies? I doubt it. Really? The Maggies had something that you couldn't fucking you couldn't pay for to instill in those Tigers. Heart, heart, Glenn. They didn't have the skill. They didn't have the stars, but they had a fucking heart. They played like they had no hands. That's <laughs> what they fucking did. But they did it with heart. <laughs> they did it with heart. <laughs> They'd show you where their heart was, but they don't have any hands. Blake Ashwood couldn't fingers. get a fucking start in 99. Sorry? Blake Ashwood couldn't get a start in 99, even for the fact that he was probably swimming in his daddy's nuts still at that point. Jesus but like, if, if you took him to the time machine... 99, so long ago. He's so useless, he wouldn't have made 99. Chris Lawrence, the fucking, his commitment to getting on the field, that wouldn't have fucking washed in 99. Kidding me? <laughs> Benji, his attitude, jeez. The, 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 West, the West Magpies of 1999. I mean, there was, Chris Lawrence went off with a hamstring twinge. Players were having their hamstrings surgically removed on the fucking sidelines so they could get back out there. Yeah, exactly. And you know why they could, Sure, they still didn't have hands. You know they why couldn't they, walk you know why they had their hamstrings removed. You know why they could have their hands, hamstrings removed on the sidelines back in 99? Because they were tough. Because you didn't have fucking Benji Marshall throwing balls at you while your fucking <laughs> doctor's trying to perform delicate surgery. <laughs> and today's precarious OH&S... <laughs> <laughs> Rules and regulations. You can't perform surgery under those conditions. Exactly. Go, exactly. Oh, look, I've done a risk assessment. The first three. The, ro- the, the, the greatest risk here is being hit by a projectile. Well, last mate, year, everything from the sideline to the to the to the, the back of the chair on the third most row, most notably, was like a fucking, spiral pass. It was like fucking Baghdad. I mean. <laughs> 
But yeah, obviously nothing's going to happen. You know, Benji's about to put up a bomb. I've got to do some surgery. Where's the Where's the safest place? Well, Benji's bombs usually West go backwards. in goal area. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically, right on the try line, Nick, somewhere in the vicinity of the opposition fullback. Ball's not going anywhere near there. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't put it over the dead book. Don't put the the fucking table behind the dead ball line. You want to stay right under sticks, That's, actually. Just don't even go near the sidelines. I tell you what. You're going to get a ball where your hamstring used to be. Exactly. If you're over the dead ball line. Interesting theory. I like, you know, these these newfangled computer games where you can play against, you know, like NBA, you can play against the old NBA to like Jordan's My phone classic and, teams. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they should do. 99 magpies. <laughs> yeah, they call that the tutorial mode. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's the reason why I asked you about the, you know, if you if you were on board with the Maggies came back is because there's a lot of people that are like, no, I'm a fucking West Tigers fan, and if it's not the West Tigers, and I'm not going to fucking watch Rugby League anymore. I'm not watching NRL anymore. I'm just going to watch the Q Cup. I'll fucking get on the PNG set. PNG guys, I'll fucking follow them. Oh, well, that sounds like a fucking ridiculous idea, but yeah, as much just... as I love the Kummels, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of the Kummels. Yeah. But if... The reason I support the West Tigers is because they are the, the club that most clo- closely represents the club I used to support, that being the Magpies. Yep. So if the Magpies come back, I'd have to support the Magpies. To be fair, Parramatta probably represents them more. <laughs> as far as their results go, a <laughs> couple of spoons in a row. Jeez, uh, yeah, you got me thinking. <sighs> Could never support Parramatta. No. No. Good thing. You know how many times I've walked into Paris Stadium going, oh, these fucking cunts again. <laughs> Over the years. I remember going there a couple of years ago when Fita scored that fucking breakaway try uh, for the Tigers when they were on, the, on their march to uh, near Premiership Glory just when they got out a week before. <laughs> that, that was um, you and, actually the Premiership Glory year for Manly, I believe, in 2011. <laughs> um, and I just... I, bought, I remember walking in and... There was a uh, a lady, I use the term, as loosely as if I was describing Vanita, um, sitting on the brick wall there as you walk in, and uh, she had a couple of young children there with her. It would look like they probably were in desperate need of a bath of some description. And fuck, she was giving... And a father this, figure too, probably. Was, let's be real. She was giving these kids a spray. Yeah. And she didn't care who was watching she was up these kids and just swearing at them and yelling in their face. I'm like, welcome to Parramatta. This is what Parramatta is all about. Look, kids have got para jerseys on. No shoes, but they've sprung for a para jersey. And uh, and mum's got a para jersey. I'm like, the family that paras together loses together. <laughs> Fucking Parramatta. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. As Ben Iken said on uh, on television tonight... Oh, I'm sure this is intellectual. A feel-good story. Jarao Yaoyi has retired because of his fucking catastrophic leg injury that he couldn't quite get over. And How's his, that a feel-good story? Uh, I saw it on Twitter tonight. I don't watch that fucking show with that moron on it, but um, whatever it is on Wednesday night on Fox, I guess. And um, and he was said something along the lines of it was like it was a fucking feel-good story or, something, or a good news story. Under what fucking universe? <laughs> this brain-dead fucking idiot... Get your, oh, get your hair out of your fucking These father-in-law's ass. These people have ass. careers. These people are making careers in the media. I just don't, I don't understand. I mean, maybe we should stop swearing. He fell and just on take his feet jobs. as far as football went. 
Mm-hmm. He scored one breakaway try for Queensland Origin, which he should never have been picked for in the first place. But for Super League but, decimation. And he still died. And then, you know, married into the right rugby league family, uh-huh. still dining out on it. Yep. Um, clearly got no idea what he's talking about. Jarrell Yao Yi is not a feel-good story. He's a story of what might have been. Yeah, I mean, the guy obviously was, you know, when he suffered that injury, peak of his game, test player. He would come from nowhere Doing to amazing be shit. one of the fucking best wingers and, and could, who knows what, you know, what might have been for him. Miraculous. Yeah, in our origin, mean, played for Australia, and you know excelled at excelled, both. Yeah, now it's um, yeah, you know, that's that's obviously not a good news story. The, don't you know? Don't listen to fucking Ben Iken. I mean, you know, the guy's a fucking spastic. But what is a good new, a good news story for Yaya is that the Broncos are going to fully pay out the final two years of his NRL contract. Now there were changes to to the NRL's collective bargaining agreement Slash last year. Thoroughbreds. Yeah, yeah, well that too. I mean, the Thoroughbreds is an extra little kicker, but um, the. There was a change to the CBA last year to protect players from career-ending injuries, whereby previously they'd only get 25% of their contracts. And then the CBA changed that to say that they would get everything. But the Broncos still did the right thing by him here because um, he actually suffered the injury before that. Uh, eight, uh, it was um, He signed a $1 million three-year deal with the Broncos in January 2012. That was two months before his leg break. And uh, and it actually happened before the CBA came in, so the Broncos probably didn't have to do it. Mm. However, they did anyway. So uh, yeah, the final twenty months of his deal, and they'll be paying him until his contract expires in November next year. So that's almost half a million dollars more than he would have got under the previous uh, collective bargaining agreement rights. Wow! So that's that's a pretty, good thing. Pretty classy move by the club, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, he he was already well on his way to becoming fantastic player, and and. Uh, you know, achieved origin and, and test match uh, honours. But, um, you know, that was one of the worst ones I've seen. I reckon if he had been fully fit and stayed fully fit and obviously played the way he was playing, he missed out, uh, he would have missed out on, uh, or he would have pocketed an additional 200 grand in rep payments alone last year. Mm. Fucking incredible. But, um, so yeah, he's obviously uh, in the coming years with these upgraded salary caps and upgraded deals in two years' time, he would have been, you know... A ton more money, but the Broncos. It's stories seem like that, and you just think, you know, some of these guys, people bitch about players changing clubs for for big dollars, and you know, it only takes one of those. Yep, exactly. Fight. I don't say. I mean, you know, with the injury, I mean, it's probably the worst thing I've seen for an injury is pretty. Yep. It's right up there. It's disgusting to see. But um, yeah, you know, like, I'm just gonna put some. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna just take something. And put it on the table here and just leave it there. Okay. I saw Anderson Silva fucking doing leg kicks the other day. <laughs> wow. After he broke his leg in December. You know, equally disgusting and 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 uh, and horrible. It was, it was even more graphic than Yayi. Yeah. Yayi's one. Yeah. I mean, you, you... Higher up the leg a little, but, you know, the fact pretty that fucking it, catastrophic. That it happened in the octagon and it was yeah. there for all to see, like, Yayi's re- one. Yeah, yeah like... Yeah. Probably a little bit more concealed on the field once. Oh, it, yeah, but it was still like, deck, you look at the replays, it was still pretty fucking... Oh, yeah. Yeah, chronic. But, uh, so I'm just saying, Jarrell, just look at the spider. You could you could come back from this. Well, I knew, they, sh- you know, obviously there was a fair bit of media coverage. Uh, he came back last year um, and played a little bit of Q Cup. He was playing for the Norths, yeah, the Devils. 
but oh, I can't remember if it was then or, or in this off season they showed him, and he was walking with fucking limp. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, it looks like perma limp, eh? He's like, I, I get what he's trying to do here. Mm-hmm. I get, you know, his courage and his heart to try and get back to the game. But when you're in, you know, when your thing is your speed and your footwork, mm-hmm. if you're, you're walking, walking with, with a, a limp, limp, yeah, it can't be good. Yeah, and oh, he might be like one of these guys that you know they can't talk. You see him on like you know the auditions for like American Idol or something. They can't talk. They they can't they can't speak without like you know, they've got a terrible debilitating stutter that's you know that's, that's, that's been with them in their entire life. And they and they're like you know social outcasts because they literally cannot get a sentence out. And the, the voice of an angel start singing. Much like myself. And then they fucking out out they go with it. Look, I, maybe I, it's like I, that. Maybe I, he could just run like a rugby league gazelle. Jump and fucking well, put on the moves. Well, you can't, Nathan, but because he's just fucking retired. Well, you idiot. You know, can't. Like I said, Anderson Silva is kicking with a fucking leg. He broke in December. Yeah, you try harder, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Please edit that out. <laughs> oh, Liam Fulton. You're going to love this one, Glenn. West Tigers forward Liam Fulton said he's been knocked out so many times during his career there's little he can do now about any long-term side effects in a frank and revealing insight to the mindset of NRL players. Slash fucking... Not all the players. Meatheads. Just the brain damage ones. Fulton has detailed how his wife was crying in the dressing sheds when he was stretched off in the Tigers' round one loss to St. George Illawarra. Fulton said he'd read media coverage about concussion in the past two weeks, including former Test forward Ian Roberts' account about the brain damage he'd suffered from playing rugby league. But the 29-year-old veteran admitted the horror stories did nothing to stop him wanting to back up and play on Sunday against the Gold Coast. The Tigers' medical staff intervened and ruled him out, but Fulton said he'd been conditioned to put concussion to one side because it was part of what he'd been pay- what he was paid to do oh mate I've been knocked out that many times I'm probably beyond it to be honest Fulton <laughs> said I've been knocked out over 10 times if I'm going to get dementia I'm going to get it what can I do about it to be honest I saw the articles and read them all and I still wanted to play you get paid well and I think everyone knows there's head knocks involved if you don't want to cop a head knock you don't play really <laughs> I, I get where he's coming from <laughs> just did a coaching course last night and um one of the main focal points was the safe play code. Yeah. Uh, certainly for mini and mod um, coaches, etc. And uh, they constantly refer back to it, which is obviously what they're paid to do. And it, it's something that it is drummed into you. Um, Liam Fulton never picked up, picked up a fucking fair play code booklet, <laughs> let me tell you. Well, he wouldn't remember if he did. No. Yeah, he couldn't tell you if he did. We said here that he is, uh, he said, my missus was tearing up in the sh- tearing up in the sheds, seeing me in a neck brace and on a stretcher. But I don't even remember her being there, to be honest. I still remember when I got home and saw on the news. I didn't even know that I got stretched off. I went, oh, that's right, I got stretched off. It was pretty bad, but this is what we do for a living, and head knocks are going to happen. Um, look, I, I salute him. He's he's, a, he's an honest man. Probably could have sugarcated it, given this it's a flavour of the month at the moment. You got yeah. players like. Ian Roberts, Mark Gora, Mario Fennick. You know, let me save you the trouble, guys. You're all brain damaged. Um, Especially Mario Fennick. Yeah. I mean, yeah, don't need to be a fucking neurosurgeon to tell you that one, son. Yeah, I mean, can, can, can it be con- conclusive that Mario Fennick is brain damaged because of rugby league or is he born that way? Who knows? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, um, um, you know, obviously big issue. We're going to hear more about it in the future. I don't think it's going to be this blanket issue in rugby league. It's going to be the guys... That were fucking warriors and props, and you know guys that. Where's are, Mark Carroll? Yeah, yeah. Where's Paul Harrigan? Exactly. 
Go get tested, boys. They're sort of guys that you're going to say, you know. What about Steve Price? He probably got fucking dementia from that fucking... What about Ray Price? Oh, yeah, you know. Steve Price, he might have even got dementia just from that fucking short shot that fucking Brett White gave him in the origin. <laughs> I, mean, that fucking, I mean, he got hit so hard it fucking ruptured his Achilles and he never played again. <laughs> so fuck, I mean, you know, it, didn't, it wasn't like he punched him in the foot. Jaw bones collected to the Achilles bone. <laughs> uh, that's Dr. Nick Classic. Um... Okay, the NRL, next story. The NRL has uh, acted on its promise to rid the game of still knocks. The drug that led to former superstar swimmer Grant Hackett's public downfall by announcing it would begin testing for prescription drugs in 2014. Chemicals contained in popular sleeping tablets and heavy-duty painkillers will join banned party drugs and performance enhancers on the game's illicit list as the NRL becomes the first Australian sport to test for prescription drugs. While testing for, for prescription drugs will begin immediately, there will not be any sanctions for players retaining positive samples this year, with the NRL more interested in measuring how deep-rooted the problem is. Wow. Yeah. they got some here, they got, uh, benzodiazepines, which include brand names such as Valium, Serapax, Mogadon, and Rohypnol, are on the list. And uh, the other is uh, Zolpidems, which includes Stilnox, Zolsan, and Stilnoct. So, they're just going to do the data gathering, figure out if there's a problem in it, because they say there's just anecdotal evidence at the moment, they don't really know, and then they'll know if the drugs are being abused, and then they can take steps to remedy the problem, and uh, they may decide to impose sanctions from the 2015 season onward. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the results, how widespread it is, whether it's just... yeah. I don't know. I don't know. An origin thing, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Thurston thing. I don't know why they're bringing this. Uh, they're bringing the hacking into it though, because I mean, you know, if they're going to let him off with the Stillnox defence, then you know, I bet it's going to come out that Robert Lou was taking the fuck out of Stillnox a couple of years ago too. Did Green Hackett beat his misses? I don't know I if he physically. Yeah, I don't think. I don't know if he physically smacked her up, no. but he certainly there was. You know. The domestic violence angle was to trash the place. Yeah, he certainly was. And destroyed uh, her shit and, you know, went crazy, yeah. So, uh. What a fall from Grace, he's at. Hash Dumok's fault. Front rower Jesse Bromwich knocked back big money offers from South Sydney and Canterbury to sign with the Storm for four more years. Fucking what? Apparently, he was in very high demand. I honestly didn't really think a lot of him. To be honest, like I mean, he's he oh, I think he's a reasonable player. Yeah, his know. name doesn't really he, jump into my head when I'm thinking. Offers. Yeah, when I'm thinking, like you know, the, the you know the prestige props in the competition and stuff. You know, be lucky to make the top thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Cronulla were after him as well. Um, oh, but uh, the Rabbitohs were looking for a replacement for uh, Sergis, and uh, so they obviously wanted to get him in there. And uh, and the Bulldogs, fuck me, they found the pot of gold, haven't they? Throwing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds How of thousands. Does, I mean, South, they're, they're, I mean, they're a club in crisis. Sam Burgess. End of the, it's end, it's, you know what we'll do is we'll, we'll sign Jesse Bromwich. That seems logical. Yeah, yeah. Because I've often thought, you know, that, you know, J- Jesse Bromwich was, you know, pretty much like a, an unheralded and maybe illegitimate Burgess brother, maybe twin of Sam. Can't get Jesse Bromwich. Look, pile of rags. <laughs> Fuck me, dead. What are you thinking, Sears? So, yeah, he let his manager know that he wanted to stay at the storm. Negotiations happened. And, uh, 
Frank Penisy is all I <laughs> Makes me laugh every time. Described it as a crucial re-signing for the club. He's an international front rower and he's just 24 years of age. Me laughing whenever you say <laughs> Penisy is much like Nicklin laughs whenever she sees my penis <laughs> he's in a, it's in an age where they're just coming into their prom we think Jesse's best is well and truly ahead of him for us to keep him was critical and apparently he's uh, he's he's settled in Melbourne and where he lives with his partner Lesiola <laughs> and two year old son Eli and uh, obviously uh, Kenny Bromwich is at the club as well so yeah who? Kenny Bromwich brother alright brother of the aforementioned <laughs> <laughs> and the mum and dad Maybe live down there try and sign Kenny yeah and the mum and dad live down there as well and he doesn't have any of these homesick issues because he's got his Xbox and Halo down there with him as well so it's happy days so in the Bromwich so, <laughs> so yeah and uh, he said that you know Cameron Smith's announcement to stay helped make his decision to stay an easy one as well so good for you son hope you got lots of Harvey Norman vouchers and jet ski for yourself and Kenny just can't let it go, can you? Jet ski for Lesiola, maybe? Maybe she'd go fucking crazy for a jet ski. Who knows? She could love it. Who knows? Next. Just want to talk about that Darcy Lussie <laughs> clothesline. That was something from fucking days gone by. That was one of the best, most blatant, no doubt about the intent oh, or what he I, wanted. Close. I think he could have done a better job of it. But. Came in, swinging arm, straight for the head. It didn't drift up. It didn't bounce up. It didn't start somewhere. Um... Didn't fall into it. Letters didn't fall into it or anything like that. This was just straight up, good old fashioned fucking stiff arm coat hanger. Well, it's just absolutely grub, and he got four weeks for it with an early gilly plea. This is a guy that's one of the biggest grubs in the game. He's got it in his game. Yeah. Four weeks. Come on. Some I people just, do anything to keep I, out I of a deal's interesting, jersey. You know, it wasn't all that long ago, and a brookie brawl, and Darcy Lussick was a hero for doing something. It wasn't a million miles away from what he did to letters, and uh, and now he's a grub. I just think it's quite it's, uh, hypocritical, and I think you're a jerk. I believe what he did was actually bitch slapped someone in the face, and I can't remember who it was. Was it Cost Jason? I can't remember fucking who he bitch slapped. It was pretty funny. <laughs> that wasn't like shooting out of the line with no, fucking was, stiff arm um, swinging up. What's his name? Hinchcliffe. That's right. It was Hinchcliffe. You're right. Speaking <laughs> of cost Jason. Yeah. What did your jet ski cost Jason? Um, he, what, what's going on with his fucking MC Kilogram haircut? I, I, look, I don't know what's going on. Fucking The NRL this year, haircuts, moustaches. It's just all shit. They're, they're broken mirrors everywhere or they've got fucking wags that are just saying oh yeah honey you look fantastic yeah you do go with that that looks fantastic yes Mitchell no you look very fucking you look very fucking dashing you don't look like fucking Inspector Clouseau at all <laughs> oh <forget. laughs> hey did you, you say you didn't watch the footy show no sir we were getting a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of chatter on Twitter I think it was only Cod Sauce was on people saying he's like a sex pest why? He's oh. got that new fucking flip over fucking Didn't see it. Didn't see it, but hairdo thing. He just came off like a sex pest. That's what I'm hearing. He, I mean... See, so he's thinking about signing with the doggies too. Oh, fuck off. He's actually considering it. He's come out publicly to say, I'm considering it. No, he didn't. That's yeah. not what he said. He pretty much did. No. And then, and then Robbie Farrow's like, fucking don't do it. He's like, yeah, 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 fucking you can talk. You suck up all the cap, motherfucker. What are you talking about? 
Did you see the fucking? Plenty of cap to go around. Did you see the um? Did you see the fucking Twitter fight last night between Farah and uh, and Bo with Brycey chipping in from the sideline? That's the thing. That's the only way Bo would be any fucking competition for Farah is if Brycey was feeding him the material. That's the fucking. It was a cripple fight anyway. They're all spastics. It was worse than the footy show, and that's saying something. Oh fucking. Recaps, kicking off with the match of the round, probably match of the year. Uh, match of the year that will be the mighty. Let's get this over. Manly Seagulls, 14, defeated the high-flying Premiers of 2014 <laughs> South Sydney Rabbitohs. Premiers 12, of round one. Uh, up there in Shitsville, aka Central Coast Stadium, no longer Blue Tongue. Uh, you know, objectionable hellhole fucking place. Um, we were forced to go up there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> a Boca Beach pub for life. The place is magnificent. Fuck the Central Coast. Nuke it. Two-bane steak at the Avoca Beach Hotel. My God. Do yourself a favour. <laughs> and I know... I'm what, pretty sure I could get a fucking T-bone steak of equal or surpassing quality. Possibly. It's the view. It's about the view and the fact that <sighs> you might be, you know... 10 bourbons in before you get your steak which makes all the difference <laughs> you can't remember how delicious it was but you just assume <laughs> nah it's a lovely place Boca Beach <sighs> yeah Blue Tongue Stadium yeah, if Manly win there it's a shit place yeah they usually do and yet I'm still going to shit on the entire area okay Mighty Sea Eagles 14 points came from tries to Chase Blair Daly Cherry Evans one of two conversions for Jamie Lyon two of two penalty goals defeating the Rabbitohs 12 points tries to Sergis and Bo Champion one conversion from two attempts for Adam Reynolds and Missed one an easy goal. one too fucking dead set sitter and uh, and he got one penalty goal from one attempt I think South forwards have been reading their own press um, Manly had a few, few players out and uh, a couple of guys in questionable form leading into this game and you would have picked South forwards to uh, to get the better of Manly's pack, but it was a long way from the case. And uh, I think the Manly pigs really set the platform. And um, you know, in a pretty dour, gritty sort of game, um, scrappy from both teams at one side uh, at at different stages. Right? I don't know what you're talking about. All I saw was scintillating end to end football. I'm sure you did. Um, <laughs> yeah, Manly showed more grit and um, and won as a result of that. Pretty shit footy. Just want to say, Jason King, apology accepted, son. <laughs> if I've got to fucking slam you every week to get that kind of performance out of you, took on fucking six hundred Burgeyes single handedly, and prevailed. I mean, it was it was that good old fashioned fucking prop shit where it's like you know, he's this guy's running at him all game. This guy, you know, the other guy's running. You know, why is a good old fashioned prop shit? Because it's now, just, because it's now you got current, your... it's former, it's it's going to happen into the future, but. Now you Tuck get it under your wing and run, run straight and hard. Fucking hell. Now you get fat touchies fucking trying to run at centres. Well, he's a second rower, for starters. Built I'm just saying, I'm saying, I'm not saying fat touchies in fat touchy. I'm saying fat touchies as in shiftless fucking fat forwards, wide running. I mean, like, look at look at the, look at the Jason size, King up to last week. Look at the size of fucking someone like the you know someone the likes of like yeah. Cassiano. Oh, I thought you were going to pick a Tigers player. Out in the fringes. 
all fucking day. No, I'm not well, going to pick a Tigers player. He's on the isn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, he's really on the fringe at the moment. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. Can't so uh, it was great to see him. Jamie Bura. Apology accepted. Partially. You need to do more than that, son. That was that, need to do more than... That little fucking step was pretty sweet, though. I mean, it was beautiful to try late on there for Cherry. I liked it a lot. And he and he seemed to have cut down his bullshit ruck penalties as well. So, you know, you know, I was very pleased with his performance on on, uh, on this occasion. You know, to get completely off the shit list, though, you know, you got to build on that. That was a great start. That was a fucking wonderful start. Why does Jason King have to have one half reasonable game and he's off the list? Neil has got to... Did I, say, back his up. Did, I, did I say he was off the list? Fucking hell. Get through the rest of the oh, season without... favourites, man. That's the problem. Get through the rest of the season without tearing your peck and we'll talk, Jason King. All right? It's nasty. Um, see us when they get into trouble at the moment, I think they're, they're just relying on Greg Inglis and his individual brilliance to, uh, to inspire them to victory. But much like the Roosters, um, I said after round one, teams are going to step up to you know, and raise their level of play against teams like the Roosters who are, have been successful. They're, they're obviously backing up as premiers. Um, teams like South as well, two preliminary finals uh, in consecutive years. Very Windows successful. closed. Sorry? Windows closed. <laughs> teams, my point is, teams still raise their level of play. As even Aaron Woods come out and said that, you know, South are one of the benchmark teams. Um, what would he fucking know, though? Because uh, he's got one of the greatest rugby league minds since Trevor Cogger. Yeah, it's fucking just, you know, once again, Aaron Woods. Fucking show us, show us 26 rounds on the field, son. See if you can manage that. Or you're going to inspire him to victory now. No, I'm just going to inspire him to fucking play 80 minutes. Or, you know, not 80 minutes, but, you know, play out entire games all season instead of sitting on his ass with fucking, you know, these mysterious... MCLs and ACLs or whatever else his <laughs> fucking Gumby Matlock knees conjures up. Jesus. <laughs> it's yeah, real I talk thought... tonight. Sorry? It's fucking just straight up real talk tonight. It's, it's not real talk if you just make it up. I have not said something. Any, not, not one thing you I've said. Lies. Been, That's not real 100%, talk. 100% factual is real talk, my friend. Wow. Or, perhaps I'm wrong, maybe Woods does play every game. Maybe he fucking doesn't get injured. I could be wrong. That's I'll have to that cons- sounds more likely. I'll have to consult. I'll have to consult fucking the records. Can we stop talking about Manly now? I was just talking about your dickhead Woods. Can we stop talking about Manly now? No, I just want to say finally, before I get to the tweets, um, it's very clear that based on the first half of round one and uh, and this, this game in round two, Manly's head and shoulders above the rest of the competition this year so far. <laughs> they're, they're clearly the best team in the competition than daylight. Played two games, lost and one, got, and, and, and had a two-point victory. And they've... Uh, and, and they have, and quite. I mean, like to be perfectly honest, they got one hand on a trophy. Shagger one one three on something. I'm pretty sure it's not a trophy. Uh, you probably said that when I said it last year in round two as well, and they got the grand final, so I was close. Uh, they did have one hand on a trophy, as it turned out. Uh, Shagger one one three. He's got a, a bunch of a bunch of hashtags to kick it off with the uh, NRL man man zoo. Hash refs fault. Hash Burjai. Hash March premiers. Hash Hiku Haiku. He sent this in before the game, and I love it. Hiku out the back. Bura and King on the bench. Manly in decline. I just wanted to put that tweet in there to say, fucking suck it. Unky D, at Unky D. Don't you love how Manly take these Parramatta rejects and turn them into origin players? Hash Chevy Chase, hash Revelation. Chevy Chase. And how good is how good is Chase Blair going, though? It's incredible when you put a player into a fucking a team with great culture, good system, competent coaching, 
basically everything that he didn't get to benefit from in his years in Parramatta. And now he's just born. He's just turned. To, he's turned into a fucking player. Uh, at Tall Hayden, South's a little dusty following their celebrations and media commitments after winning the premiership last week. Oh, there's so many haters out there. So what? You're a big fucking South fan now, are you? You're gonna go to them when the. Oh yeah, you just you suck up to the South listeners. Is that what you're doing? I just don't know what that look on your face was. It was kind of like it's cool. Just fucking let me. Let me talk shit. Sucking up to anyone at the end of the day. I, I think South are a good side. They deserve their their share of credit. And, um, you know, maybe they are a team on the slide, much like the team that beat them last week. Yeah, can't say, well, can't say we're on the slide. At former underscore legend. Great to see so many South fans travelled to Gosford tonight, said Redfern Police. <laughs> at Andy Kintz. A.K.A. Bald Andy. Does three knock-ons count as a hat-trick for Takiri? See, Takiri thinks still hurts you. Whatever he does, even if he, if he plays like a spastic now. I haven't put him on my super coach side just for the novelty effect. I was going to do it because he was cheap, but then, then uh, Sanity prevailed. Then I picked a player that was actually decent. Minus fucking 12. Yeah, in, and does does nothing. At Paraman, Mark 2. No Stewart's no chance, eh? Said cunts with no idea about rugby league. Yes, I'm looking at you, Glenn. How would you know what the fuck you're looking at, you delusional old fool? <laughs> Glenn's getting surly. You're getting tired, aren't you, mate? I am. <laughs> you're getting surly. Shunter 86. Oh, Congrats to the new linear premiers. <laughs> Thanks for a hearty hash, LOL, at South. Luke Shark 74. Who is... Uh, seems he's got he's got right on board. I mean, his name, he sounds like a South... Uh, sorry, a Shark supporter from his name, Twitter name, but... Could uh, be a jerk, but yeah. so far hasn't proven himself to be. South win the first game. It's their year to win the comp. Nope, still choke on cock. Hashiku haiku. <laughs> Shane at Shane Aaron Elvis. It was only a two-point loss, but it sure felt like a hash Friday night fisting. And we move on. To he the takes Brisbane. losses hard, that boy. Hey, because it's he's one he's he's one of those guys like Chapo who just go, jump in and defend his team to the death in the most gronkish manner possible. And it's hard for people like that to take a loss because then they start getting it from every angle, like Chapo. He's been beaten to a fucking absolute pulp this week on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, he does every week, but when the doggies lose, oh my God. And when more. the swelling subsides and the bruises go away, he'll still be fucking Twitter herpes. Yes. Brisbane Broncos 16 defeated North Queensland Cowboys 12 up Suncorp. Uh, Brisbane Broncos 16 came through tries to Matt Gillett, Daniel Vito, Andrew McCulloch. Conversions, two from three for God, a.k.a. Corey Parker. <laughs> And uh, North Queensland Cowboys, 12 points. Tries to JT, Gavin Cooper. Conversions, one of two for JT and a penalty goal. I think the Cowboys showed up expecting to win. Um, I think that was their mindset leading into the game and, and it really showed. They, they, I just think that they uh, didn't really give their opposition enough credit and uh, they didn't have enough attention to detail in their play. They had some really scrappy efforts, mistakes in the play of the ball and you know, just silly, silly errors. Um, that, and you really expect better from the Cowboys, I thought. As for the Broncos, um, seeing Daniel Vito firsthand, yeah. he is fucking massive. Mm. Oh, he's always been a big guy, yeah. but he just seems to have gotten even bigger. So what you're saying he's like the new, like new Brett Plowman? Oh, he'd have to be quicker than Plowman, though, wouldn't he? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just talking size-wise. Yeah. Massive. Um, you know what you're going to get from Barber? 
Vito to date has been in his career has been fairly shit ass. Well, yeah, shit ass, unpredictable, yep. enigmatic. Um, a lot of talk about Barber and what he brings to the team, but I think Vito, you know, if he keeps up this consistent sort of form, like he hasn't made a mistake, he's, mm. I think he's been going really well, scoring tries. He could be their most impressive buy. Yeah, a bit quiet from uh, from uh, Benny. Tell you what, the crowd every time he gets the ball, the crowd just wants they're just willing something to happen. Yeah, they need they need that excitement factor. They haven't yeah. had it. It's because the Broncos. I mean, despite you know picking it's up some wins, Walkie, really. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, an old star power sort of thing. Mm. I guess yeah. Like every time he gets the ball, no matter where he is on the field or what's happening. You can just see the, the the energy of the crowd rises as yep. soon as the ball's in his hands. Yeah. Um. I thought he was fairly solid. Yep. I don't think he had a fantastic game. He didn't do anything spectacular, but um. Josh Hoffman, sorry, Josh Hoffman laid on a try for a kick. Mm-hmm. As far as ball playing goes, not getting much out of him. No, as far well, as I mean, goes, this problem is their halves are, yeah, it's terrible. Too hard to say. Too much to say. They're not getting a lot out of their halves at the moment, and it's, you know, they're really not fluking their wins, but they're kind of falling over the line a bit. Ben Hunt, he's been around a fair while now. Yeah. You know, everyone, oh, he's young, he's this, he's that. He's been around, he's been in that system. He was the next big thing from that 20 side in 2008. I just think a guy... And he looked fantastic when he was coming on as a replacement hooker. Yep. Brought a, a different energy to the team, different style of play to McCulloch. And when he was coming off the bench last year, really added a, a different dynamic to their team and, and and made a real difference when he was on the field. At halfback, you can see he's got the ability. You can see he, you know, he's, he's pointing the players around the field. He's a good talker. Yep. He's got a good pass on him. He's reasonably quick on his feet doesn't run the ball nearly enough and but his fucking kicking game <laughs> if you've come you've come up through the system you're a halfback yeah, yeah. you've played 20s you captain the 20s yeah. from the halfback position yeah sure you played a bit of hooker but still you probably practiced your kicking game you know give or take probably 8 million times mm-hmm how the fuck do you manage to kick it so poorly every time your foot makes contact with the ball? What What have you been... How do you practice something so often and be so shit at it? Yeah, tell me we both know. You're not the only person to say that, that's for sure. Everyone, just, sees, it. Everyone sees it. He's, again, it's time for him to deliver. I just think he, he's been in that system uh, for more than long enough. And now he's got his opportunity, and the more he kicks down fullbacks' throats and puts bombs backwards, yep. Um, and and they're gonna have to stick with him. What are yeah. their options? Yeah, that's it. Ship sailed. Because Nicarima's five eight, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, you know, they could probably mix some stuff up though. You know, maybe throw him in out of position. F- fuck, that'd have to be a death knell for him if he's been in the system that long. Yeah. And they bring like a kid you like Nicarima over top of him. And then all of a sudden they're, they're trying out, a, you know, 
kid who wasn't even born when he started playing in the system. Yeah, a teenager to um, to try and alleviate his shit kicking game. Yeah. Um. So I think the Broncos did actually um, reasonably well to overcome the, the the lack of impact from their kicking game. It gave up important field position, um, but I think it probably boiled down to the fact that. The Broncos played a, a more consistent, and and I think that's what you're going to get from the Broncos. They don't make a heap of mistakes. Yeah. Um, they're not spectacular by any stretch. I think as Barber finds his feet, he might bring um, more of that to the table. Um, and you can see, with the exception of this week, I just don't know. When you look at the Bulldogs, with Barber out of their system now, yep. how much they relied upon his actual Bruins. Yep. And he's, you know, he was Jared Haining it there for a season in 2012. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. <laughs> you know, and I don't know why it's called Jared. Why I always say it's Jared Haining it, but that's the only time I can really remember. Because who did it? Because who did it before Jared Haining? Yeah, like someone like, probably someone definitely Benji did. Marshall. But yeah, no, no, um, no. But you know that run of whatever yeah, the fuck it was, eight or nine, yeah. ten games. Um, match-winning form, single-handedly we, match-winning. Yeah, literally every yeah. week, and the, and the papers were raving about it. Oh, fucking Jared Hayne, he's going to do it again, and all of a sudden he's done it again. And and that's what Ben Barber was doing. Yeah. And I think the Bulldogs came to rely on it. And you look at last season when his head wasn't really in the game, they sort of struggled in um, for large parts. And I, I just think the Broncos, um, when in doubt, they'll chuck it to Ben. Yeah. <laughs> And that's a that's a fairly dangerous mindset to get into. So um, whether he can deliver that week after week, or, or just bring or inject that little bit of brilliance when it's needed, rather than having the club be overly reliant upon him, I think that's the key for the Broncos. Um, one last point: Tarek Sims. Yep. Um, Troy and I were at the game. The amount of times he hit the ball up and just looked fucking unstoppable. Yep. It happened. It would have had to have happened at least six times in the game. Um, I'm not saying it was every hit up, but there was a number of occasions where he charged onto the ball and yep. it took you know every every fibre yeah. of Brisbane's defence to uh, <laughs> to pull him down. To uh, to quote Cooper Cronk, as I like to do. So you say. So you're saying. So you're saying he's back. Is that what you're saying? Tarek Sims. He's back to the Tarek Sims, the, the, the promise, you know, before he had a bit of a derailment there. There's a lot there of players. There's a lot of players that don't come back from one broken yeah. leg. Yeah. He's had two. Yeah. Psychologically. One more than yeah, you actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. You are literally trying. You, you're going well out of your way <laughs> to get a reaction from Broncos fans, and I, I don't like it. I don't support it. I'm not a part of it. Um, but the way Tarek Sims still runs the ball. Yeah, seemingly no regard for uh, self-preservation yep. after two broken legs. It's commendable. Pretty fucking impressive. Um, and then the Cowboys, you know, as always, JT can't do it all. But fuck, you'll have a red hot go at doing it. You'll have He's a red an hot amazing fight. player. We say every week. He's um. We we say like as we were discussing before, we say Jared Haining it because it was a period of time. That he was unstoppable. Yep. To Jonathan Thurston, it. <laughs> That's when you just fucking do it every single game. Yeah, yeah. Every I mean, single game you play. It's not quite to that level though, as well, because I mean, he needs to, you know, with the Jared Haney, that was like a we'll probably never see anything like that again. Where it's just, you know, every game in like a ten-game stretch, you literally 
every single thing he did would come from him and he just you know making fucking breaks from his own 20 meter line and just you know yeah. carving through half the team and scoring you know like just superman superhuman unbelievable shit um twitter shanda came in first shanda 86 on twitter one that, thing sorry, yeah, sorry. Off, one yeah. thing you say about thurston yep is that win or lose he has an influence on every fucking game he plays oh yeah yeah at sure. every level of the game yep yep that's pretty impressive. Yeah, fuck yeah, fucking right. Uh, Shunter eighty six. If I windmilled, then I reckon at Mister underscore Wars is a patchy helicopter ring with excitement right now with two fingers in his anus. Mister Wars came back and <laughs> tweeted him. This is all we need. Yeah. Someone prodding Sam with a with an inappropriate stick. Exactly. And, and he's replied and said, uh, "Mate, really hard to write this tweet tweet with my own two fists up my ass. Had to use my nose. I'm that excited. I'm double fisting." <laughs> And uh, Eddie NZ came and said, the Broncos, encourage it. the Broncos are currently top of both the Premiership and Holden Cup. Hash, shut up and let me have this moment. For a moment is all it will last. Uh, that underscore rivet. What's going on with Ashton Sims' hair? He looks like a fucking Care Bear. Well, he's got, a, yeah, he's got another Genghis Khan looking thing going on. <sighs> Just another, another one to a growing list of people who don't have mirrors or who have hairdressers that have got Him fucking fantastic comedy streaks. What did your boat cost, Jason? <laughs> and fucking MC Kilogram. Well, just, just surely they're carpooling to the same hairdresser. Well, I mean, you know, you got the two up there in Townsville. I got to say, Townsville hairdresser's not impressed. Maybe well, MC Kilogram has a real underground following in Townsville. Goes possibly. Up there, lays down some sick beats. Possibly, possibly. Him and Tarek, uh, sorry, him and Ashton, Ashton. And, uh, and Rory just pop off down to the hairdressers. So at Cruzy 6 the Cellar Dwellers win again versus another top eight team and doing it with patchwork halves. Hash year of the horse. Not with patchwork halves. Hey. Hey, what about? Hilarity ensued. Um, sitting in our seats, first home game of the season. Wave to Erin uh, and Jill and the clan. They're all sitting there. Along come some other people sitting in the same row the Tates have had season tickets since Erin was a young girl yeah um, she's now 40 yeah looks 40 not sure if she's actually 40 anyway let's say she's 38 sitting in the wrong fucking seats these people the, ta- that, the Tates were or? yeah they had to move down. <laughs> oh, can you move down, please? You're in our seat. Well, fuck, we've only sat here for fucking 10 years. Yeah. Dickheads. <laughs> At all underscore is underscore. Like last week, Broncos played just well enough to win. Cowboys are just bad enough to lose. Halves are still awful, but getting there. Fairly rational. They're not, they're not getting there. Fairly rational assessment there from a Broncos fan. Freak09. Don't want to get ahead of myself, but by tomorrow, bookies will have the Broncos favourites to win next year's World Club Challenge. Oh. Wasn't that Mupp-esque? Yes. <laughs> okay, the St. George Illawarra Dragons 31 defeated the New Zealand Warriors 12 at Eden Park. I mean, which is just a graveyard for Warriors football. They shouldn't take games there. Um, the, the Dragons, their points came from tries to Mitch Rain, Adam Quinlan, Jared Beale, uh, Brett Morris, and Ben Cray. Gareth Wheelop got a field goal on top of that, plus five from five conversions. Uh, the Warriors tries to Sam Tompkins and Jerome Ropati. Ropati. Sean Johnson, one of two conversions and a penalty goal. The Warriors are looking more and more like a uh, Matt Elliott coach side. <laughs> They've really taken to his coaching style over the last couple of years. 
They're just looking into each other's eyes. Are you going to play shit? Well, fucking oath I am. What about you? Yep, absolutely. Um, I just, the stage was set. The, the weather was even in their favour. Yeah, yep. Uh, it was at home, you know, a ground that you could really make a fortress, but they've made it the anti-fortress. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, as I said, the stage was set and they really faltered. Um, disappointing for, you know, a team with so much talent in it, but... I just wonder where Conrad Harrell is in all this. He's coming back this week, I think. Was he? Has he been hurt? Has he? I believe so. I, I believe didn't so. think he was I hurt. Think, I, I thought think he was it, playing Reggie. No, he no, he was hurt, but then he's he's been coming back through like you know match right, fitness so he's through like to give him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I think he's coming back this week. No, I was just wondering if he's had a bit of a falling out with Elliot there at some point because it'd be strange when you look at the way they're struggling. A guy like that could really add. Yeah, so yeah. How much of a difference he makes, but it just doesn't seem to be clicking. You know, exactly. the, the combination between Johnson and Tompkins is is developing, but how long is that going to take? You, you know, two class plays in their own right, but just seem to be getting in each other's way. Silly yep. errors, silly errors, lack of discipline, can't really get the field position yep. uh, to mount any real pressure, and um, it you know you add that all up, and you, you're getting done by the. By the Dragons, by a better part of 20 points. That's it. I mean, having said that, I mean, without, we, you know, wanting to hack on the Warriors too much, I mean, the Dragons, Dragons have beaten one of the top echelon sides of the competition this year by 20 points, so there's no certainly no shame in it, Warriors. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> At Aussie11198, after years of that cunt soured, I'm pretty certain Widop is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Hash quality. They they look a different side this year, just that little bit more creative yeah. with up there. Yeah. Um after Sour left they lost all creativity, but yeah. um And even when he was still there, I mean he, he lost interest very early on in the piece. Yeah, exactly. Um just you know, his movement, um, the way he runs to the line and the the way the players are running around him and giving you know, giving him targets. Um, it's working quite well from that moment. And, and to the fact that they've scored in two weeks, you know, 70-something, yeah. 75 points. Scintillating attack. Yeah, in two weeks. Is, yeah. um, More points than they scored all last year. <laughs> well, they certainly have, over the last several seasons, certainly in, in the Bennett time, they they were renowned more for the, their defence. And, um, you know, they were winning games fucking 8-6. And, uh, you know, for them to score 75 points in two weeks is a... Is a a stark contract. Bit of a turnaround. Mm. The Ben Zed. Tom the Pom drops the bomb. Quinlan scores. The Dragons roar. Where's the sunshine? Hash Tigers in decline. How's that poetry, Glenn? Oh, it's better. It's personal, better than that. Personal fucking, battle's coming. Better than that haiku bullshit. But still not my favourite. At Unky like D. Limerick. At Unky D. Dragons looking better than the 2014 Spooners. Tigers must be getting nervous that the decline will continue. No one's nervous, mate. Dragons... Yeah, dragons... Put your hand in your pocket. Dragons underscore Red V. Loving this start, but must remember Warriors are substandard and we had the buy in week one. <laughs> Hashtags in decline. Ah, uh, people are funny. Flash 1480. Go Dragons. You guys can keep putting the mockers on them. It's working. Hash undefeated wooden Spooners. Yeah, we'll see. It's a long it's week, season. It's week two, guys. Week two. Don't, don't get all southy on us. What and... a tangled web we weave we when do. we talk a lot of shit in round two. At, yeah, no, nah, maybe. Back-to-back. Back. Dragons form team of the competition. Price, coach of the year. 
JR underscore buff. Is this even real life? Dragons two out of two and sit on top of the table. Just hash the chin is in. I got this one in for Devin Hand here. He's got this hashtag. He's trying to get it off the ground for 2014. Saucy face. No. It's going to be a great week to start the hash cum jam program after a 2-0 two, two start of the season. Yeah. I'm afraid to ask what that means. My understanding is... Pretty sure it's pork flavoured, whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> I don't want to go there, but... From my understanding is, if you're a gentleman is bringing himself up to the brink... Okay, stops. Let's, let's up to the stop brink, there. stops. Let's stop there. Let's stop. Up to the brink, stops. Let's stop. Up to the brink, stops. And so on. To the point where they power through after the, after the brink and clear that jam. Thanks. <laughs> I don't think he's going to take off, quite frankly. I did request you stop on several occasions. I had to make sure you understood what we were talking about here. Got it. At Benny27, at this rate, the teams, at this rate, teams will be playing Ben Crane to a Blues jersey. Fuck me dead, hash cunt, hash weak opposition. <laughs> Two weeks in a row, he's he's scored some pretty soft tries. Fucking oath. As only Ben Craig can do. The Melbourne Storm, 18, defeated the Penrith Panthers, 17, down there at Amy. Uh, the Melbourne Storm's 18 came from tries to Kevin Proctor, Mahe Fonua, and Sisa Wanga. Two field goals to Cooper Cronk. Zero conversions to Cameron Smith from three attempts, but he got two penalty goals. Panthers, their 17 came from a double to Kevin Nagama. Uh, Josh Manhall got a try as well. One field goal to Peter Wallace from two attempts, one conversion from Peter Wallace from three attempts, and one penalty goal for Peter Wallace from two attempts, including an after-the-buzzer attempt to win the game with a penalty goal that wasn't the most... You know, it was, it was, there was some distance on it, but it wasn't the most difficult shot in the world. But, Tough night for kickers. Oh, was uh, it what? Conditions were pretty ordinary. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. We've, I've already mentioned it about... Souths and also the Roosters. The rest of the comp is really starting to come for Melbourne. Um, it's two weeks in a row they've had one-point victories. Yep. Um, teams are turning it up against them, and um, Penrith are a team on the rise as well. Um, I think they showed some real, real ticker to go down there and be uh, super competitive. In yep. you know, a, essentially a rebuilding year. There's a lot of new players. Um, they're getting used that are getting used to that structure uh, under Cleary and. Uh, for them to come in. They also played the game without Soward. He was obviously been a big part of their off-season. Yep. So um, for them to get down one point against a, a full-strength Storm side um, containing Slater, Smith and Cronk, um, I think that's a fairly commendable effort. Mahe Fanua was quite a good winger. Um, got him playing in the centres at the moment. Yeah. I'm not sure if he has long hair. Bit rocks and diamonds ish as well. I just, I would have thought, when you look at the team list, I would have thought that's a strange selection. Yeah. To have him at centre, but he he seems to actually go as well there, if not better than he is at wing. So. Yeah, I think he's still got some problems in his game. Rocks and rocks and diamonds, I think. But we'll see how Which it pans out. Which is not normally a trait of a Melbourne player. No, if it's a, if it's a long-term plan to keep him there, Ross. if it's a long-term plan to keep him there, then I guess we'll find out how it all pans out over the course of the year. Okay, so Twitter, Michael Darren seventy nine. Congratulations to at Billy Slater for reaching two hundred and fifty games and seven hundred studs up try saving slides. 
<laughs> he sent that. To, he sent that to Slater too. So well done, Shunter eighty six. Epic game in Melbourne. In the end, it was the old firm that squeaked them home. Top contest. Hash refs fault. Hash refs fault. Hash refs fault. And undiluted seven, which is a you know, Daniel, you know, former Mister Bowls. Mm-hmm. On the game, Wallace is a fucking robot. Smith is a cunt, and Billy Slater can fuck right off. Hash thumbs it up. It's a little bit harsh. A little bit harsh on Peter Wallace. Sydney Roosters fifty six. Defeat the Parramatta Eels, four, at Allianz. Roosters, 56. Here we go through the list. Hat-trick to Anthony Minicello. Tries to Sam Moa. Double to Roger Tuvasa-Shek. Double to Mitch Orbison. Further tries to Daniel Tupo and Boyd Cordner. Conversions. James Maloney with eight out of ten. The Eels tries to Semi Radradra. And Corey Norman did not kick the goal. Look, Parramatta had a good win last weekend uh, against the Warriors, but we've proven again uh, in this round to uh, to be a fairly incompetent football side. But um, I actually thought Parramatta might be a lot more competitive in this game. I thought they would, and in the media, um, it was all being built up. Yeah, but and and at half time they were behind. I think it was 16-4 was fairly comfortable. Uh, well, still, yeah. that's, it's only two tries. Yeah, two it's, it's, tries. it's not an insurmountable it's, lead, it's certainly, no. You would certainly not think that they'd class themselves out of the game. No. But, fuck, once the Roosters just uh, took control, took the game by the scruff of the neck in the second half, and Parra really went back into their old selves once they lost their confidence. Um, there was some scrappy defence, um, you know, they'll make an errors coming out of their end and, and just increasing the pressure that the Roosters were putting on them. So um, I think it was a nice training run for the Chooks. Blew the cobwebs out of their attack. Yep. Um, Got the wheels turning smoothly all over again. Yeah, and, and obviously Sonny Bill was the first game of his three-match suspension. Um, so a win without him in the side is, is obviously a bonus for them. But... Um, Power are very poor. I, I Atrocious, like after the first week. Yeah. Ah, Benso, got some Parramatta yields, some disillusioned ones. Ah, Benso, whatever is wrong with the yields tonight? It's hard to see Sandow as a solution. Hash crisis. Unky D. Norman's nickname should be Gandalf. You shall not pass. <laughs> People latching on, I like it. I love it. I love it, and I'm, I'm prepared to go with that. I mean, we'll get DJX playing. You'll tweet us and say, you know, yeah, whenever I was doing stats last year and Corey Norman was the fucking number one, you know, try assist or, you know, whatever he sent us. Anyone knows, 67% of the time you can come up with a stat to support your fucking flawed argument. Cage007, I'm a realist. I'm not anticipating grand final, but I'm hopeful my Eels finish in the top 15. And, uh... Berkeley underscore Eagle. So the Eels signed Brad Arthur as he was a great defensive strategic coach. I suppose he can't perform miracles either. <laughs> We're going to hear from, I believe, a new a new tweeter, if not a new listener. Mary 91 said, uh, I'm new to league, but I know Parramatta suck. So first thing everyone learns. Not that new to league, really, then. You know something. Next, You know the uh, golden rule. You don't need to know anything else. Next up. West Tigers, 42. Narrowly defeated the Gold Coast Titans, 12. Down there at the uh, Seabus Super Stadium. Because they realised after so many so many years, you're not going to see any skill in there. So let's just call it Seabus. 
They will sell out. Tigers, 42. Double to my boy, Pat Richards. Hot Sauce got a try. Bodine Thompson got a try. David Nofaluma got a try. Martin Tapao, my other boy, he got a try. Luke Brooks fluked a try. Oh. Pat Richards, 6 of 7 conversions and a penalty. Gold Coast Titans, 12 points. Tries to Aiden Caesar. Albert Kelly, 2 from 2 conversions to Caesar. Have at it. I expected the conditions to take their toll. It was very hot out there, uh, 37 degrees. On the Gold Coast and out on the pitch, it was getting close to 40. Um, I expected the heat to, to really take its toll on the Tigers. Um, I think they actually got better as the game went on. That was It was a little bit scrappy in patches. Um, they certainly had control of the game for, for the majority, but... Um, they sort of fell into the trap. Once they could see that they were putting points on, they fell into the trap of trying to score for get a little point. bit too cute yeah. and made a few errors. But um, I think they finished the game really, fairly strongly. And um, once they, they sort of composed themselves and, and um, you know, got stuck into making their tackles and, 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 and completing their sets, they, they played some really good footy to close out the game. Um it was obviously a courageous effort from the Tigers to uh, to play so well, bouncing back from a, a crippling case of leprosy that swept the club last week, um, as we discussed at length in the last episode. But uh, they really turned into great performance. It was it was something to build on. It was something to to bounce back from being so poor against the Dragons and and show you know their capabilities. I'm not saying they're going to play like that every week, and and it's part of the building. Um, the building season that we're having, but when you look at the way Tedesco played, uh, Robbie Farrell was inspirational. Couple of couple of line breaks, and was solid around the ruck all day. Um, and Luke Brooks, you could still see a lot of the the Anasta and, and Robbie influence, but I'll have I'll have to say that the times where they did put the plays on, they made the right decisions, and we looked a better side for that. So. Um, Brooks will come into his own more and more, but um, I think he had a, a really good game. His combination with Tedesco looks fucking great. Um, they combined for a couple of tries together. And, um, yeah, I expect more of the same. I think uh, Tapau and, and Noffa, a lot of the talk was was about Tedesco. He's, he's the flavour of the month at the moment and also Brooks, but um, Noffa Luma was coming back from injury and didn't look like he missed a beat. Um, no. And and Tapia, I want to give a special rap to to sort of the guys like Tapia, um, James Gave. I thought it was Gavit. I'm clearly a bogan. Um, Jesse Sue and uh, Cu Manafani. I think uh, when you when the seats that we had, you could actually they were on a, a level where you could really see um, the defensive structure for the most part, and they. Um, they just really worked well together in defence, and um, I was pretty proud of it. I, don't, I think the Titans scored that runaway Kelly try. Um, other than that, it was one missed tackle that led Bird through to set up the other one. So um, overall, a fairly impressive effort defensively, as well as putting on 42 points. This is the Titans. At Unky D, I'm in shock. Tigers almost looking like a first-grade team. Former underscore legend. There's Malaysian airline pilots with more direction than the Titans today. Too early? No, never. 
Former underscore legend came back again. He he was fucking big into this game. Uh, Titans should put a trail of pies up the field in order to get Dave Taylor interested in running the ball. He did have a shocker. Berkeley underscore eagle. The Gold Coast Titans should stop training on the beach because come game day, they all have sand and never join us. <laughs> Craig Bird was laughable the way he was carrying on. <laughs> Benny 2-7. There are more relatives of MH730 flight waiting for answers than there are at the GC Titans. Hash, the GC Suns got 20k. So there you go. Um, Did they really? Apparently, yeah. Mup23. This is an interesting tweet, perhaps the most interesting in the entire show. Mup23. Have a good year, boys. I'll be back when Cartwright's gone. Hash, done. Shit fan. Shit fan. Shit cunt. Former legend again. To attract crowds, Titans should try and play six games during schoolies week. <laughs> Uh, Shunter 86, prediction. By year's end, Cardi will be back at the Panthers in the same capacity as Roycey, organising old boys' piss-ups. And uh, finally, Tiger underscore Benji. The only problem West Tigers have to face this season is team disharmony, with so many stars battling for one Dalian medal. There's a tweet everyone should get behind. So that tweet, you probably ghost-wrote that fucking tweet. That sounds just like it came out of your mouth. We are brothers. Canberra Raiders 26 to feed the Newcastle Knights 20 at Hunter. The uh, Raiders, 26 points, a double to Jared Croker. Josh McCrone got one, Paul Vaughan got one, Edric Lee. Uh, Milford, two from three conversions. Reese Robinson, one from two. Defeating Newcastle Knights, 20. Tries to the Uate Parte. Bo Scott, James McManus, Tyrone Roberts, and Gidley, two from four conversions. <clears throat> Given some of their injuries, I think Knights were fairly gallant. They just seemed a little bit off the pace defensively. They had all sorts of issues handing, handling Anthony Milford, who looked like he's fucking just about won the game on his own. Um, geez, his feet. Good. Yeah, he's he's so good on his feet. Just and this to is why the Broncos that little bit of space, and once he gets that tiny bit of space, he's gone. This is why the Broncos that you know don't care about you know they'll they'll languish this year and they'll win what they can. They won't fuck about too much because they, they know be they'll slot, they'll slot him in next year and they'll you know if he doesn't renege, which you know it's possible. Sorry, you need to be. I think it's very dangerous. Is the point I'm trying to make. Um, having signed a young kid that far out. Yeah. Because you'll see it when a kid bursts on the scene and they'll go really well for a bit and then the game catches up to them and, and opposition teams' game plans start factoring them in quite heavily. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the really good ones meet that challenge head on and... and and get even better. But you don't know if that's going to be the case for every yeah, young kid. It's true. And some of them go on to be regular first graders, but are never quite as dynamic as they were when they come into the league. Look, he gets, he gets homesick. Some fall out the back altogether. He gets, he gets homesick, so how much fucking fortitude does he have <laughs> mentally? Um, I just think it's, it's a dangerous move from the Broncos. It, um, they've obviously only got so much to work on. You can only look at the kids' skills and... Um, and measuring based on those, um, which is makes the decision seem like a no-brainer. But um, mentally and physically, they have to get over that next phase once people catch up to them, once defensive game plans are starting to be structured around them. Um, how they cope with that, how they handle the extra presence um, defensively, how they handle the extra workload um when it's their time to tackle, is um, is critical to them making it to the next level. Time will tell whether Anthony Milford 
um, is made of that sort of stuff. But I tell you, when you give him an inch of room to move, he is he is fucking gone. He looks like the only person in his entire side that wants to break the line, or likely to break the line. And he fucking does it. Sensational. Yeah, no, he was very impressive. Um, that's basically all I've got for this game. Not a great deal. All right, former legend, former underscore legend said, The Raiders deserve Milford. Their fans deserve Milford. Ricky Stewart doesn't deserve Milford. Hash freak. They've got Freak 09. How good is Kurt Gidley going? He doesn't look a day over 52. Hash Bennett's other son? Question mark. Rocket. I think it was, sorry to cut you off, yep. good composure from Canberra. You know, they're, they're a relatively young side. Um, they've got White and playing in the halves. Um, Josh McCrane coming off the bench. We've already mentioned Milford. That's a fairly young sort of nucleus. But um, I just, I thought they showed good composure when the Knights went ahead really late in yeah, the second yeah. half. And, and they still come back and... Um, and put another try on to Yeah, they got their nose in front, really, and then they yeah. actually, then they put another try on to uh, yeah, To ice it. So yep. um, they didn't try and put the cue in the rack. You'll, you'll find some teams, um, when they're in a bit of a phase that the Raiders are at the moment, you'll find some teams are just content to get a win, so they'll just shut up shop super quick and um, compress their line and, yep. and, and move up really fast and try and control the game that way. But um, the Raiders met the challenge, and... and kept moving forward and kept pushing for more tries and, and that's what I like to see in an attacking football side. All right. Uh, where were we? Rocket Mike at Rocket Mike. A tough bloody battle, but today I hope you knights enjoy these nuts in your mouth. Go Raiders. <laughs> hash away win. And finally, Monday Night Footbitch. Canterbury banks down Bulldogs 42. Defeated an injury and suspension depleted Cronulla Sharks 4 uh, Doggies, 42 points came from tries to Pritchard, Hodkinson, Ennis. A double to Chase Stanley, Corey Thompson, Josh Morris with tries. Seventh from seven for Trent Hodkinson. There's a lot of negatives for Cronulla going in. Um, we've already spoken about their Asada problems and their, is- their issues with injury and, and whether this new contract for Fafida is going to have an impact on his play. Um, I just wonder whether all that takes its toll. Um, they were very poor. Yeah, they were very... It was always yeah, going to be tough. Very pieced together sort of side. Yeah. Uh, missing, you know, certainly their top, what, three stars, you know, and more. But, I mean, you know, missing what you'd probably consider to be their top three players. Sure. So, you know, I don't put too much stock in any of this. I mean, Sharky's in trouble, don't get me wrong. They lost to the Titans, for God's sake. But this week, there's yeah, some mitigated circumstances, I think. Sure. Um, I thought the dogs they scored a, scored forty two points. I think they really needed a game like this to show that they can against fairly depleted opposition. Granted, but they need a game like this to really show that they can still attack post Barber. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just. As I said earlier in the podcast, that during that run in, in 2012, they was they become so heavily reliant upon Barber to do something brilliant. Um, yes, they had the interchange of passing amongst the forwards, which was fairly um, fairly dynamic. But it always, quite often, as much as they had the options, quite often it finished with Ben Barber out the back creating something, 
whether he was slicing through himself or, you know, cut out ball to the wing or, or getting the, the players cutting back inside. Um, there, was, there was always something happening with Barber in the side. The dogs just don't have that anymore. Um, whether... I'm not sure they've got a player in their squad, their top 25, that is going to be able to bring that consistently. And when other teams rock up to actually play uh, with full-strength squads, that's when their test will come. But uh, probably nice for them to blow the cobwebs out a little bit. Did you see that Michael Ennis has come out in the media demanding he get a similar kind of long-term deal that Cameron Smith got with Storm? And this is the sort of thing you expect from Michael Ennis. Um, Fucking he, delusional. He should be thinking about wrapping it up. He has uh, has himself up on a pedestal, um, and quite a lofty one, it might, I might add. Yep. But, um, you know, I'm sure he's probably still trying to scream for an Origin jersey or uh, or a Kangaroos jersey, neither of which are ever going to happen whilst uh, Cameron Smith and Robbie Farrow are in front of him. So, um, Cameron Smith certainly for Australia. Um, but it's, I don't know, Michael Ennis. Yep. Doesn't do it for me. Yep. No, it doesn't doesn't do it for anybody really. I'm not even sure the Doggies fans could defend him. I just I don't think he can compare himself to Cameron Smith, um, as far as uh hookers go in the game. I think Ennis's best years are behind him and like him trying to front up and, and ask for, you know, like a long term rich contract is just fucking delusional. Honestly. He's been on a clear clear trajectory downward for the last three years. And, and it shows, again, I, I, I hark back to the fact that Barber's not there anymore, but it shows that, you know, other than halfback, yep. in, in a position which you you should have one of your most creative players, yep. they lack creativity yep. because it's never been his forte. Exactly. Um, he's a competitor. He gets under the skin of the opposition, and, and, and that's becoming less and less of a desirable trait. Yep. You know, it certainly doesn't help when it, when there's a, a you know a touch and go or a fifty fifty call in a referee's mind um, yep. that he's involved in, they're going to go against him every time. Exactly. Um, I must admit, I like him in the media. I don't mind him in the media when he's commentating the twenties or when he's he's giving an opinion on on one of the rugby league shows. Fucking can't stand him on the field. Yeah, I pretty much can't stand him ever. Yeah, under, I, any, under no circumstances where I can uh, tolerate him. But annoying. how we can look at what Cameron Smith's done as far as signing contract with, uh, you know, to finish his career at the Storm and, and thinking, well, you know, I see myself in, you know, on the same level. Yeah. Uh, it's delusional, man. It's delusional. All right. Hammers, H4MMERZ. The Sharkies really got a lot out of their loss to the Titans. They're now playing like them. <laughs> Hash Sack Cardi. The underscore old underscore Mish. Hamish Ryan. Sharkies need to look like they, sorry, Sharkies look like they need to get back on the juice. Hash clean needles. Hash call Shane Flanagan. GT351 underscore Johns. Great effort and concentration by the Bulldogs. Attack was better and defence was great. This for 79.50 minutes. Well done, Bulldogs. Beerboy182. Seeing that most of the Sharks are Tigers players, I'm still going to pull out hash Tigers in decline for that one. <laughs> Uh, former legend. Any Bulldog fan excited about that win against the Sharks is the type of person who'd steal money from old ladies. I say you should reserve your judgment at best yeah. on the Bulldogs. We'll see where they are in six weeks' time. Yeah. At Chapo the Creator. Mm. Get ready for this shit. 
Tonight's win was an awe-inspiring win for the ages. That win go down in history books as the first win of undefeated run to the grand final. Previews. Kicking off on Friday Night Football, and geez, what a gronk fest thing. I mean, no one wants to watch this. The West Tigers versus the <laughs> South City Rabbitohs from ANZ. Matt Chechen refereeing, what could go wrong? Look, I want to say that the West Tigers will uh, dominate this game from start to finish and win by 40 points, but um, CS, they're a good side. Certainly got a big forward pack, but I think in years gone by, their forward pack would you know, has proven that they're, they're far too strong for the Tigers, and I think that's where they've won their games. Um, traditionally, English goes pretty well against the Tigers as well, no matter who he's playing for. Uh, yep. Back in the days, even when we were still at the Storm, um, I think he scored a couple of hat-tricks against us. And um, It's funny how some players... Uh, Mark Gadsney was one. Yeah. I think he... I don't know what his try-scoring record was, but... At one stage, he scored five tra- five tries in two games in one season against us. Um, and English is much the same. Always, We always have trouble containing him, as you'd expect. He's a great player. But um, they've picked a, a pretty big side on the, as far as the bench goes, as the forwards, uh, to try and combat the... The lack of size comparatively against uh, the Burgess boys and the rest of the Rabbitohs forwards. I think there is a weakness in the Rabbitohs side. I think there's a couple. Their Lottie Takiri. Lottie Takiri and Joel Reddy. Joel Reddy. Um, <laughs> you look at it, like, Merritt probably gets a pass, but Joel Reddy, Bryson Goodwin, Lottie Takiri, Dylan Walker had a couple of bad misses. Yep. Um, so if they if the Tigers can hold their own in the forwards, I think they've certainly got, with the exception of Inglis and, and as I said, I'll give Merritt a pass. I think our back line doesn't actually look that bad. No, it doesn't look too bad um, at all. But I mean, you know, South's always been about the forwards too. Sure, but the the Tigers they'll be getting Lottie Takiri to turn and chase all night. If they're, if they're smart, smart, yeah, which they are. Lottie Takiri, I mean, he might just he might be smart enough to to back up Greg Inglis' line breaks and score a hat trick. Wouldn't that be like, even you, given that it would be happening to your side, you would have to sit back and just go, yeah, of course that's the way it's supposed to fucking happen. Of course that'd happen. You would just have to say um, that whatever the whatever the good book uh, passed down by the rugby league gods... you say the universe is an absolute cunt if it would allow it to happen. Absolutely. Um, you would say that there's a, there's a special chapter yep. uh, reserved just for... Lottie Takiri scoring a hat-trick against the West Tigers. Because remember, I mean, a hat-trick, the likelihood of a hat-trick is fairly high in this match. I mean, it is, you know, one of the, the you know, sometimes two, sometimes one. But the annual 50-point cup, where, you know, the team was going to win by 50, whoever wins. So, uh... They have, in the certainly in the lifetime of this show, the Rabbitohs have put 50 on the Tigers a couple of times. Like every year, once a year, pretty much <laughs> yeah. out of habit. They're just doing it all the time. Um... In this occasion, I don't I think I just it'll think if South play their best footy, um, I think it's probably too big a test for the Tigers this yep. early um, in the season. They they showed some really good signs last weekend, but I think the Titans were really poor as well. So it, it's a good test for them at the end of the day, I hope. Um, 
you know, like I said, South have beaten them, but put some big scores on them in recent seasons. I hope there's none of that. I hope they're they're super competitive, um, and I hope they try and do do try and take advantage of of some obvious weaknesses in the Rabbitohs backline. I don't think um, Joel Reddy and Bryson Goodwin are going to offer much. Uh, in the centres, I think they'll be cut out and hit Inglis on the fly on angled runs, sweeping out the back for merit, maybe. So, um, I'm just... You really... You, you actually... You, you're, you're looking for reasons to tip the Tigers, but you're going to tip South. There's no way I'd ever tip against the Tigers, but I just think it's a big test yeah. at this stage. Um, South 13 Tim plus. Simona, Tim Simona comes back into the side, which is a bonus. Um Tedesco's on fire. Brooks will build from last week. There's uh, there's every chance they can do it. I just think if this was game was a little bit later in the season, I'd be a whole lot more confident. And if South are in bottom place <laughs> on the ladder. <laughs> South by how many? Brisbane Broncos take on the Sydney Roosters. This is a big game. You know, at least in terms of uh, you know, the table this year. In terms of shutting up the Broncos fans, it's a big game. Yeah. Now, I mean, this one, Shane Haynes, uh, the referee, so Sydney Roosters will get a leg up. Now, this game, I mean, I've, you know, the way I see it, I think, you know, Roosters by how many? Well, this could be the game where the Broncos are found out a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't think they've got the forwards really to match the Roosters and... I don't think they've got the, the backs to match, with the exception of Barber. I don't think they've got the backs to match them either. They so. got no, they literally got nothing that wins. They got no com, um, no battle unless you want to talk about individual battle, individual battle between Barber and Minicello. They have got nothing that they flat out win. Yeah, I just think the the size of Sam Mower and, and Hargraves up front. Um, you know, Corey Parker's doing a great job at prop, um, but he's the second rower mm-hmm. through and through. Um, yeah, too big in the forwards. They'll lay a good platform. Um, and once Jake Frank can get control of the ruck, I think their backs might be just a little bit too dynamic for the Broncos. And um, Broncos will give a good account of themselves, but uh, I think the Roosters might be fairly convincing. Uh, I think so too. Uh, Penrith Panthers versus the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs out there at Penrith. So we can expect a crowd of under 10,000 people to start with. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know I'm I'm prepared to say the Panthers are going to win this game I'd agree with that um, I'm liking the Panthers this year I'm thinking uh, they're showing some signs um, that they are building towards something even with Jamie Soward in the side uh, I don't think they'll um, roll over and let the Bulldogs have their way like the Sharks did so um, I think they're at home and uh you know, round one, though, certainly a long way from disgraced against the storm down there in Melbourne. Gave a real good account of themselves, and uh, I think being back home uh, at Penrith against the Dogs, who um, unconvincing in round one and then had a bit of a cakewalk. I'm not sure how much they would have taken out of that game. I think Penrith might win this one 13 plus. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't think they'll win by that much, but I'd like to see them win. Okay, Crown of Southern Sharks take on uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons in the, uh, you know, in quotes, local derby. Bit of feeling in this one. It's being played this time at the tip, Ramonda Stadium. Yeah, I just, I don't think you can really tip against the Dragons in this one. Sharks have been fucking diabolical this season so far. Uh, their injury worries. I mean, I know Todd Carney's a certain starter this week. Um, you know, that's... I, the, I know the lineup that I'm looking at here that was a Tuesday lineup is not correct because that Michael uh, Licker, Licher, 
has been dropped since it's come out that he signed for the dogs. So yeah, pretty petty there, Peter Sharp. But you know, fucking, we knew what kind of coach you were from back in the day. So I just think, yeah, the 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 two key people. I mean, they can throw off a feeder twin there in the twenty near jersey number twenty five, but that doesn't mean that he's going to be the same. As Andrew Fafita. And so, I mean, I'm happy to say that, you know, the St. George Dragons have proved us wrong so far this season. And I would like to say that... Uh, Keys for the continue. Sharks are uh, Wade Graham, Todd Carney and Michael Gordon. Yep. They're probably the only real chance the Sharks have got of... Wade Graham's going to have to carry him on his fucking back here. And, and he has done it before, so it's, yeah. not, um, it's not completely beyond him. But I just think uh, certainly in attack, Everything's going to go through Carney. Um, Michael Gordon's going to have to play off the back of that. And uh, and Wade Graham's going to have to use his leadership up front. So um, not impossible for the Sharks, but I just think the Dragons' first couple of weeks have been um, surprising and, and impressive at the same time, and uh, I'm prepared to tip them again. Okay. North Queensland Cowboys taking on the New Zealand Warriors up at 1,300 teeth. Now, this one here, I mean, the Cowboys have been okay. Thurston's been great. The Warriors, diabolical. They're away from home. They're not a travelling side in the first no. place. Townsville, not a great place to travel to either, for that matter. Can't do anything but tip the Cowboys here. I, I think JT is going to fucking carve the, these cuzzies up. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the Warriors are going to have to turn it around soon, but it ain't going to happen this week. I can't see it. I just cannot see it. I'd agree with that. All right. Match of the round, mighty Manly Sea Eagles taking on the Parramatta Eels, Brookvale Oval, Sunday afternoon. What could be better? Answer, nothing. Um, <laughs> as, as I said, one, the one to two week injury from Brett Stewart is uh, in Brett Stewart week, so Petty Hiku is back again in the, in the one. Brett Stewart um, will be back in September. Yeah, he'll be back in September just in time to hoist the fucking grand final trophy. Glenn Stewart That's does return in, this uh, week. What, what's he going to get in our HQ? Probably break in, given his record. Um, and pick up the trophy because there's no way we'll be doing it in October. Yeah, yeah, they say that every year, but guess what? The gift that keeps on giving. And uh, otherwise, the side, uh, they, they welcome back Glenn Stewart into 13. That puts Bureau onto the bench. Jason King's back. He uh, didn't injure himself during his uh, great game last week, which is great to see. And, um, yeah, I mean, let's see, you know. Way, t- way too much for the Eels. There's no way they can win. It's not going to be 56, 50, whatever to to four this week because when a team cops a flogging like that there always is a strong bounce back factor but I think Manly should win pretty comfortably although they do have a habit of making these games you know like more stressful for the, for me than you know yeah. than they have any right to be and let's hope that doesn't happen this week yeah I, I couldn't in my right mind tip power certainly 13 plus for Manly Canberra Raiders taking on the Gold Coast Titans GIO Stadium this one well based on last week's form Milford is going to fucking carve these Titans up. Mm. Well, fuck. If Tedesco, guys like, if guys like Robbie Farrah, if guys like Robbie Farrah can make line breaks against the Titans, Milford's going to go through for untouched tries, <laughs> bulk untouched tries. Yeah, you, given the Titans how bad they were last week, they're away from home, and the Raiders were pretty impressive. So. I think it all adds up to a Raiders victory. Yeah, and I mean, there's, you know, once again, there's a bounce back factor, I guess, with Titans, but away from home, they're not a side that loves to travel that much. Canberra having away success and home success, you know, I'm, I'm prepared to go Canberra at this point. 
And finally for the round, the Melbourne Storm take on the Knights down there in Melbourne at Amy Park. I'm just casting my over the Newcastle Knights side. And, uh, yeah. It's not looking... It's not, not it's much not, there, is there, no. for the Knights? Um, certainly in their back line. I don't want to talk about ageing fucking lineups. Don't look in there. Don't look for a picture of the Manly side in the dictionary, mate. Newcastle Knights are the ageing lineup. Yeah, Storm down there. Um, I just, well, I, I can't really see look, much. Their statistics at home are, are, are very, very impressive, no matter who they're playing. I mean, the amount of games, that, you know, the points they score, the amount of games they've won versus the amount of games they've lost. A team better than Newcastle is going to have to go down there to take that away from them. Absolutely. Uh, you'd have to say Storm 13 plus. Yep. Now, I just want to say one final thing. Uh, on the Broncos game, I didn't mention it earlier, but I think it's a nice touch. You'll see on the wing there, Lachlan Maranta in the jersey number 18. Yep. Because this week the Broncos have, have retired jersey five uh, for Yayi. Yeah, they, so, from start to finish, they've handled this Yayi thing really. Yeah. In a lot of class. He's doing like a lap of honour thing. Yeah. But, you know, they've got like about a uh, 20 to 30 minute program leading up to kickoff for uh, Yayi appreciation. So. For um, all due respect to, to Gerard, like yeah. he only played three Origin games and three tests. Yeah. You know, like, and. And did fantastically well, and his time with the Broncos um, was filled with, you know, some really spectacular moments. But um, it's not, you know, like Petro got special treatment. It's, it's yep. obviously the type of um, type of club they are, and it speaks to their culture. But I, I just think it's um, it's really classy the way they're handling it. Yeah, obviously he'd be ele- he's elevated, you know, due to the fact that you know his kind of retirement comes. Against his will, and you know, forced through you know devastating injury. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting they give. I, I believe I saw on the program that one of the things they're doing is like a solo lap of honour around the field. Right. Yeah, they might want to have someone with him. No, I mean, like you know, it's, yeah, that leg could give Stop out. Stop it. And that is the full time for episode 146. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. Um, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you get on there and uh, like and share. And I'm loving this year. Already seeing a trend this year. There's a lot of people commenting, um, you know, as games are happening and stuff on there. So fucking get on there. We could probably even put like a post up before a game. And like, you know, this is a game day thread for blah, blah. Get on there and just fucking have at it. Sure. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, start smashing each other like we saw last week. iTunes, new review this week. Awesome. Pleasure to say. From uh, someone by the name of Daniel Johnson, number one rugby league podcast, five stars. To be honest, I'm only doing this because I want to shout out on a podcast. (laughs) But seriously, you guys make the rugby league season what it is. The use of multiple C-bombs makes the show just a delight to my ears. Keep it up. Tipping. Yes, you pleased. Now, I mean, you know, you don't put your tips in, so you don't fucking probably well, I tried don't. to put my tips in. Oh, okay, so you do know. Yeah, catastrophic fuck-up at Footy Tip Central this week. And as such, the standings have not changed because everybody got eight out of eight. And it was good because I actually forgot to put my fucking tips in until... um. Well, actually, no, I put my tips in well in advance of, you know, probably, you know, lunchtime on, on Friday. And uh, then I and I was, like, feeling all smug. These people got, oh, fucking can't I put the tips in. Like, it was working for me earlier. Turns out it wasn't working that great because when I hit save, it actually didn't save them. So then when I went to look at what my tips were, it all showed up as blank. None of them been put in. So I'm like, oh, fuck. And the two Friday night games that started at that point, I'm like, fuck. So I just went through and, uh, you know, ticked in the other ones. But... 8 out of 8. Everyone gets 8 out of 8 because of the fuck-ups on their website, so I'd like to see that. Fantasy. 
we've been trying to set up this group competition thing. Like last year, it was based around our, tw- our Twitter account. So we connected up our Twitter account, and people could get on board there and and uh, with their Twitter accounts. And we had that big, you know, league with you know loads of people. This time, they have something called groups. So. There's a link on our Twitter from uh, you know from Wednesday afternoon, so find that. That's got a link to how to get to it directly. But otherwise, you want to join a group competition, and the name of it is Twill Nation, and the number, which is probably the most important part, one eight one zero eight seven. And what that will do, that will put you in that overall pool. So there's no head to head in there, but people you know are ranked you know based on their points and stuff like that. And speaking of ranked on their points, the Mike Hunt All Stars. Co- Coached, super coached by yours truly, third in super coach. Wow. Out of 115,000 people. Pretty impressive. Fucking, I tell you what, how awesome am I? How long have you got for me to explain? I put my team together at about 4 p.m. on Thursday afternoon before round one, <laughs> two hours before kickoff or shut up, before cutoff or whatever was going on. Threw some gambles in there. The gambles paid off. Uh, everything's going great so far. One of the gambles was Pat Richards. Been fucking sensational for me. Marty Tapao, same. Andrew McCulloch. Threw him in there. We thought, hey, Ben Hunt's going to be playing in the halves, so McCulloch's going to be back to 80 minutes here. Might put some fucking points together. And sure enough, he's gone better than Cameron Smith at this Quite point. Quite achiever. So, yeah, hopefully I can keep it going because I've never actually even been a contender for the overall. I mean, I only care about, you know, head-to-head. And... um. I'm sure I'll be blasted out into the 10,000s within a fortnight. But, you know, it's been nice to be... Enjoy yeah. it while it lasts. Exactly. I think it was about a dozen points off the, the lead. I, I would have preferred to have, like the lead just for one week, just to say I'd got there. But, uh, you know, third's good. Third's a good, pretty achievement. At the time when I actually got the notes together for the show tonight, there was only like uh, six people who'd gotten into that group competition. So uh, pull your finger out, guys. Um, and finally, the shop. We're still clearing out Revelation shirts. We've got Tigers in Decline shirts. And as you know, they're going to be completely relevant, as you'll see on Friday night. Um, and also, this business with the Balmain leagues and everything like that. I mean, fucking Tigers in Decline is a perpetual thing. It's always in fashion. And uh, the memberships. Don't forget, Sunday midnight or, you know, Sunday, you know, Monday morning before, you know, 9 o'clock in the morning. Get your order in there, especially if your size falls below medium or above XL because we're going to be making our order. And yes, there'll be extra stuff in there, but, you know, if you want to guarantee your size for the T-shirt, you're going to need to get it in there. Um, and, I mean, honestly... Thank you very much to everyone who's got the uh, the orders in already. Blown away by the amount. I mean, we were kind of talking about, you know, how many are we going to get, how many are we going to get. And we've pretty much passed the the uh, yeah, the lower certainly... the lower expect you know like the sure. lower edge of the of um of what we expected and um and you know now it's all sort of you know gravy or you know like it's it's uh. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, getting getting your hands on it and getting the packs out and, and seeing yeah. everyone's feedback. Exactly, exactly. So that's it. Uh, that's all we've got time for, I think. Yeah. I'm going to go home to bed. Yeah, I'm going to go upstairs to bed. I'm not going to edit the show tonight. Gonna be Too new? fucking tired. Oh, probably. I'll need, I'll need up. Just because you, you know, just cause you asked. Oh. You think about that. I'll keep you awake on the way home so you don't fucking end up in a ditch. Yeah, well, at least at least you just you know you just. It's gonna be you, hard if we've got to do a, like a U-turn or something. Well, unless, yeah, unless caught in the steering wheel. Well, yeah, unless you unless That's you unless you, you know unless you yeah you, know, you just get too excited and you steer into a ditch to so see if you furiously masturbate yourself. Pretty sure that's our cue to leave. <laughs> see you see next, next week. week. <laughs>